Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Common Chaos Podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Brian Kern. I gotta try to mix that up every time I say it so I don't sound like a fucking recording and like a robot, but I'm sure it's probably annoying at the same time, so I apologize. Only like 80 episodes in, so I'll figure it out <laughs> eventually, I'm sure. Hope you guys are, guys and gals are having a fantastic day. It's Saturday right now, April 3rd. Uh, the podcast you are about to hear features my good friend Brian Olivas. We recorded this on April Fools, and it is no joke, ladies and gentlemen. We had a, a great time, a motivational time. I would I would put this up there with a Tony Robbins esque type of uh, seminar, uh, maybe an Andy Frazella type of podcast with how much fire is in it, how motivating it is, how inspiring it is. <clears throat> Me and Brian were uh, co-workers, our co-workers, uh, but we don't work together anymore. We're in different different areas, but uh, we are both sales leaders, both in the same capacity in terms of our jobs, and we met and created this friendship. Uh, kind of, you know, we didn't really like set out to be buddies. He's a little bit younger than I am, uh, but we definitely bonded over a lot of the same ideas, a lot of the same things, created a friendship, and now he's one of my uh, go-to guys in my network in terms of uh, our business, and and honestly, for just feeling inspired and motivated, man, this kid has been through a lot and has only persevered, has only come out on top uh, just in the short amount of time I've known him, maybe four, four years, four, four or five years, uh, he has just exuberated this like overwhelming confidence and it did kind of go from like this young cocky uh my shit don't stink kind of arrogance which he does talk about to this just mature humble rolling with the punches taking life uh as like organically as you can for lack of a better word because i can't think right now uh he just takes life for what it is and appreciates it for what it is and that's something that i speak to and that i'm you know i'm a fan of life i'm enthusiastic about waking up every day and just having these experiences and olivas brings his perspectives into this conversation and his ideas into this discussion and i was really moved by it uh definitely one for the books if you ask me one of my favorites we'll keep these uh We'll keep these reads short. We'll keep these sponsorship reads brief. I get asked all the time how you guys can support the podcast, how you guys can help me out. As always, you can give it a like. You can subscribe to it. You can sign up for my email list through my website. You can uh, share it with a friend. You can give it the word of mouth love, the street team do-it-yourself love that I admire. You can do that. Uh, Comment, engage with me, please. You guys are one of the big reasons... Uh, you are the reason this podcast exists, and I get a lot of my ideas and my topics and my discussions from you because I'm a voice of the people, goddammit, and I try to listen to you guys, so engage with me, like the podcast, share it, give me some feedback, we will talk, but you can also go through my sponsors who directly support the podcast. They also make it so I can do this. Uh, they appreciate the traffic and the people that I send to them and the connection that we have made and in doing so they help me out so if you want to support the podcast you can head to one of my sponsors the first one being Fightback CBD if you want to know all about the product all about the message and all about the support system behind Fightback CBD and its founder Justin McClenney I encourage you to listen to episode 59 
uh, I interview him and we go into a deep dive about his life and what he has uh, overcome and his mission. And his mission is helping people, uh, supporting people. Uh, he, he himself is uh, a recovering addict and he understands this, the power and strength in a support system and Fightback CBD is that vessel. He creates top of the line high quality CBD products, uh, THC free CBD products as well as CBD products that do include some THC. So if you want to get fancy, have yourself some. Uh, he includes uh, drop tinctures, bath bombs, uh, freeze roll-ons, so if you have sore muscles, aches, pains, joints, get that CBD freeze roll-on that he has. He also has some apparel, some ranked rash guards, some t-shirts, but he is a CBD guru. It is one of the best CBD products here in Austin, Texas. Uh, world-renowned. He has a sponsorship brand that goes all across the world. He's got people from Brazil, uh, Asia, South America, Europe, all over the world representing him. Uh, he sponsors UFC and Bellator fighters. He's out here making a difference, really striving for change. Portion of the proceeds through fightbackcbd.com go to uh, either recovery programs or uh, counseling programs that Justin is associated with. He has several that he's associated with throughout the country. If you're not even into CBD, I highly recommend you checking out Fightback on Instagram uh, or on Facebook and just seeing what he does for those that need help. If you or yourself need help or if you have a friend or family member uh, that is caught up in the addiction cycle, Fightback CBD is a great resource. Justin is a great resource. Check it out. As a listener of the podcast, you get to save 20% on everything through the Fightback CBD website by using the promo code CHAOS. Again, that's 20% rash guards, CBD products, uh, t-shirts, whatever he has up there. Head on over to fightbackcbd.com. Use the promo code CHAOS. Save 20%. Support him, support his cause, support the people. This podcast is also brought to you by Phoenix Fit. Phoenix Fit is America's fastest growing fitness and supplement company, taking the country by storm with their revolutionary ambassador program. So basically what they do is they reach out to young athletes, uh, people, me, I'm I'm a prime example. They reached out to me for the podcast uh, and they are basically spreading their product through word of mouth and they go, hey, we want to hook you up with some of our products. Let us know whether or not you like it. Uh, if you do, cool. If you become a customer of ours, fine. They also dig in to what you are doing personally or professionally and try to equip you with the tools necessary to succeed there. Uh, now granted it all, it is all through the fitness vessel, right? Because it is a fitness company. Um, they've really just grown into this overall, uh, human performance optimization brand. I don't want to make it sound like on it, but that's kind of what it is. They have podcasts based around health, fitness, nutrition, uh, basic wellness. They have products that don't just range from health and uh, wellness products, but they also have, uh, I mean, it is all health and wellness products, but they've got your, you know, outside your standard pre-workout proteins and BCAAs. They have their healthy greens. They have immune support systems, all your fish and krill oils. They're going to have joint supplements. They're going to have nootropics. If you need to get uh, more on like a mental level, Uh, they themselves have CBD products as well. Uh, apparel. They are getting into the apparel fashion or uh, the apparel sector with shoes, uh, you know, different types of equipment, weight vests. They're, they're just blowing up. Uh, they're out of Salt Lake City, Utah, 100% USA made and manufactured. They ship all over the world. Not to mention 
they have the Live in Victory program. The Live in Victory program is a program that they established back in 2016 that helps donate a gallon of fresh water to someone in need anytime an item is purchased through their website. That's every item. So if you go through and you purchase one, five, ten, a hundred items, every item you purchase, a different or a, a gallon of water is donated to someone in need. Over 11 million Americans are without access to clash, uh, fresh drinking water or sanitation. You can imagine the number worldwide. Phoenix Fit is out to help make that number smaller. They have already donated over 360,000 gallons of fresh water and they are continuing to do so. You can contribute not only to the podcast and to the Live in Victory cause, or I'm sorry, you can not only contribute to the podcast, but also can contribute to the Live in Victory cause by heading on over to fnxfit.com, that's phoenixfit.com, purchasing something, and then using the promo code CHAOSFNX. That's all you gotta do. CHAOSFNX is the promo code. You're gonna save 15% on anything and everything through the phoenixfit.com website. I just got their uh, Restart AM Protein. It's blueberry muffin. Only has one gram of sugar in it, and it blows my fucking mind because it tastes just like a fucking blueberry muffin, an Audemars blueberry muffin. It is fucking so good. Only one gram of sugar, 22 grams of protein. I've been down in that motherfucker. Uh, don't, don't take my word for it. Head on over to uh, Phoenix Fit's Instagram Twitter, Facebook, check them out, check their products out, head on over to phoenixfit.com, that's fnxfit.com, use the promo code chaosfnx at checkout, save yourself 15%, and you're going to be fulfilling a good cause by donating some fresh drinking water. So what do you think about that? Alrighty guys, again, this is my friend Brian Olivas, very motivational, very inspirational, the theme for this year, as I've mentioned several times, has been perseverance. At least that's what's been on my mind. Uh, that's something that I think is universally being felt right now. People do need to persevere through this pandemic, through this, you know, and hey, shit's getting back to normal, finally, right? I think I think it's safe to say April 3rd, 2021, on the horizon, we see stuff getting back to normal, places opening back up, businesses returning back to normal, uh, the vaccine is being made more readily available, uh, it seems like people are at ease, right? So, hey, maybe we're seeing uh, that greener grass that everybody was talking about a year ago. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. Again, Brian is a phenomenal human being. He's been through his own trials and tribulations and has nothing but a wealth of knowledge to share from those. He doesn't come from a resentful place. He doesn't come from an angry, angry place. He's coming from a place of love, a place of compassion, and patience and understanding and he's just killing the fucking game one of my favorite episodes i've ever done and i can't wait for you guys to hear it without further ado my good friend brian olivas i assure you that That's when. All right, man. Uh, what's up? I'm here with my friend Brian Olivas. I'm gonna refer to you as Olivas, just for so there's no confusion. Definitely, yes. <laughs> it's good to be here with you. And Kern, you I guess you can call me Kern, although whatever. We don't have to refer to each other by names. Uh, I'm nervous now. We're recording, and I'm the nervous one. Uh, how you doing, man? 
I'm doing well. I'm doing really good. Um, how are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad that we're finally getting to do this. I know that we talked about it, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, and we'll just start right out of the gate. I wasn't gonna say it, but we kind of discussed before we, uh, you know, when we just hooked up right now, and uh, you've always been someone that has been extremely positive, uh, and you've gone through some hurdles in your life. Uh, we may cover some of them, um, but I do feel like you're someone that has faced. Uh, a normal set of challenges and probably then some, right? And you're, you've been able to kind of keep this demeanor about yourself and this positive attitude uh, and this this mindset that I recognize is one that's not going to be deterred, not going to be uh, fucked with, I guess, in a way, in lack of a better term. Um, yeah, man, and I, I appreciate your outlook on life. I appreciate, I think, your perspective on things and I think... Uh, I also think people need to hear it in like a weird way and um, I wanted to I've wanted to have you on this for a while so I'm glad that we're we're finally doing it yeah I appreciate you for having me and for uh, the kind words definitely what if you could sum up like your mentality towards life right now just today April Fool's Day April 1st 2021 what do you think has created that if you can sum that up like some experiences in your life that have built you to your mentality today today oh man so a lot um i would get started with some of the you know i i think definitely and this is something i was uh talking to a friend um this morning was you know how much our childhood affects our our life um affects our reaction to a lot of like um, you know the challenges that occur in life and and also uh, you know those experiences really shape how we think and how we react and um, to answer your question I had I want to say I had a good upbringing because I, I, I did um, I think I definitely did but there were a lot of things that I think maybe not a lot of other folks had to deal with um, you know I, I think I've shared this with you and at some point um, since we've known each other over the last couple of years, um, you know, my family immigrated here from Mexico when I was a child. I was about like five or six. Um, we dealt with a lot of challenges, as you can imagine. My parents were both uh, 30 years old with two kids, no money, didn't speak English, you know, so, um, you know, you could imagine the, the, the stress that that would bring upon you, but... I we were just talking about like curveballs and midlife crisis <laughs> and that's a that's a fucking that's a yeah. a challenge for sure man is getting getting your ass to somewhere where you can actually feel like you're making a difference and then not being able to like acclimate or not not acclimate but yeah like you said not speaking english not having yeah. you know much of uh it's a of yeah it is man that is so th- that that has been a great motivator i think for me because you know seeing the challenges that my own parents went through has really made me um i think i just have more fortitude when i deal with challenges because i know that if you have the right you know mindset if you have the right will um you might have to make a lot of sacrifices but you can you can uh you know overcome um you know we dealt with a lot like uh dealt with brief homelessness you know as a kid and thankfully that didn't last long uh dealt with a lot of like everything that occurs after that you know um, insecurity uh you know financial insecurities uh racism um you know 
poverty in a way I, I i don't ever i never saw myself as being poor as a kid because you know when you got when you have a lot of love from your family from your parents i think that really compensates for uh, a lot of what you don't have but those things definitely did shape who i am today um and now you know like you mentioned a lot of like the positivity that that i try to that i try to radiate is from realizing like you know any all and i think i mentioned a lot of uh bad things are going to happen anything bad that can happen to you will happen to you i know we have a lot of fears i think as people everybody has fears of things that they you know they're afraid of occurring um but i think having that mindset of saying hey you know what almost everything that bad that can happen to you will happen to you and it's unfortunate but it's kind of like the price of being human and the the only thing you can control is how you react to it mm beautiful (laughs) i feel that that's something that's said a lot but people miss that they you know i just read um you know i mean there's several books that have it jordan peterson talks about that in 12 steps of life but yeah it's how you react to things your reaction is what is the controllable and if you expect to be able to go into life and control other people's you know wills or have set x like we were talking about this earlier set expectations for other people without really being in their shoes or understanding i mean first of all you can't set expectations for other people right unless it's a part of like the job or the criteria or the situation but if Mm -hmm. we're talking like real people's lives like you can't sit there and expect somebody to have the same expectations as you with the same feelings the same intensity the same emotions and i think a lot of people think otherwise i think they do expect people to be in line with their wants and their needs and their Uh, desires and it's just that's not the case and I think a lot of people tend to lean into why are we I'm confused by just having the the lack of I guess responsibility we were talking about within ourselves to understand where we're at as individuals let alone where other people are at and all you can really do is control how you're reacting to the situations. You can't go in ha- wanting to have power over everything and other people, especially. Yeah. And it's it's it just blows my mind that not not more people, I guess, approach life that way or approach situations that way. And I, you know, one thing m- me and uh, Brian met, met through our our jobs and something in our leadership role is we're kind of taught to manage people's attitudes and, and emotions and how fucking difficult is that, right? But one yep. thing we learn real quick is we have to, in order for us to get by, we have to control our own emotions. And that is like the struggle, is our own emotional intelligence, our own hurdles that we have to overcome, our own challenges and insecurities, our fears that you kind of talked about. Definitely. And once we're able to kind of understand how to control those and how our own reactions influence other people's attitudes, then it kind of starts clicking. But you never get to control other people, regardless of how well you can control yourself and your own, like, you know, will. Yeah, you you really have to lead. I think controlling and managing, I think, is the wrong approach. I think, like, I meet a lot of people who want to be in these uh, positions of power. That's great. You have to lead. I like that. Yeah, they want to be in positions of power. They say, well, you know, I've done the work. I've I've worked for X amount of time. I've, you know, I'm I'm, uh, I'm the big man in the room. I'm this, I'm that. And, and the truth be told is, like, those people want the wrong thing. You know, there's always, I think the people who reach for power are the people who should least have it. 
I think uh, the responsibility, we talked about responsibility, the responsibility that you have as a leader is so great. Like, you know, um, that's one thing I think I've really realized in the last year is like leading with empathy um, because you can't control other people. Like people are going to, you know, they're going to do what they are going to do for their best interest. And you understand that. And, um, you know, I think at a point I might have gotten upset if somebody had not shown up to work, if somebody had not met my expectations, if someone, if we had set a goal and the person did not meet that goal. Um, but the truth is like the more, the, you know, being upset with that person, being um, like the way you re you react to that person's, you know, shortcomings, you could say, or failures, it, it really just makes things a lot worse versus if you if you give people the grace, if you give people the grace to fail, if you if you encourage them when they fail, if you say, you know what, I understand, I'm here for you. Um, what can I do to maybe, you know, um, have a better outcome for the next challenge that we're going to face? I think that really inspires people. I think that's the thing that's really been the most fulfilling about being a leader is is when you realize that you're not there to control people, you're not there to, you can manage people to a degree, but you can't micromanage everything. And people mm -hmm. don't, most people don't do well in that environment. You yeah. really have to say, you know, guys, this is, a, you know, we are going to reach this goal and this is how we're gonna do it. And when you take charge and you lead uh, by example, I think more people are, they're gonna give, you know, the extra 10%. They're going to, um, you know, show up early. They're going to show up with a better attitude. They're gonna say, you know what? I wanna be here because you're here. Um, you know, I, I want to win because, you know, you want us to win. Um, I think that's that's such an important lesson. And, uh, you know, we've all had, I think, um, you know, bosses, managers, what have you. Um, and we've learned, you know, what we like, what we don't like. And that those are the people, the people that are most inspiring to me in the past are the people who have gone out of their way to really get to know you and to really get to... Um, help you with the things that maybe aren't in their job description you know really get to say hey you know what challenges are you facing and how can i help you with that it may not it may not be outside of it may be outside of work it may not be something yeah, particularly in work yeah right right maybe a personal development or you know just you think of the the challenges that you have to almost kind of take on as a leader too because you are in a way the parent of a situation or uh you know a yeah. environment for a short being you know, a short time of period something goes day, bad and they're looking they at go you. to you yeah, yeah yeah going back to the the leaders that are a little bit more personal and the ones that stand out to me too are the ones that are almost like not afraid to admit fault not afraid to like be wrong or be vulnerable or human in a way i guess right i think we all right. have this idea of a leader being uh impenetrable like just can't beat them can't defeat them they're the best and you know what they say is right and that's not the case as leaders you learn that hey i'm wrong i'm wrong sometimes sometimes you know there's something i don't know or i don't have the best approach or i don't have the you know the best idea in the room sometimes i fuck up sometimes uh, i need to be held accountable and we've you and me both personally have had i think leaders that have gone the opposite and are never wrong and are never in in fault and we've had leaders that have uh you know shined a pretty decent example and i think that not just being able to 
you know, everybody fails, not just being able to fail, but being able to fail and then understand where you need to course correct and go out again. It's that, you know, getting back up. You're a leader on a team or you're a captain on a team for a reason because you understand what loss is like, but you also understand like perseverance. You understand that to taste victory, you probably have to taste a couple defeats, but you also have to continue to go out there and get better and grow and get stronger so then you can one day be victorious and be the champion, right? Or whatever your analogy you're shooting for. Yeah. But those are the leaders that I think gravitate towards people the most as well because it's there's a sense of of you know, hey, if 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 I you just have my trust if I'm able to see some vulnerability in you. If you can admit once in a while that hey, uh maybe I don't know everything or maybe I'm 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 not the uh, what have you. I guess a great example is, you know, what did we see in this most recent like presidency? There was no, there was no. Hey, maybe I made a mistake, right? There's no vulnerability, I guess, in the fucking biggest leader you can possibly have, right? The leader of a country, and if anything, to me, that highlighted gross leadership throughout other facets of life like you know and i think being in that leadership role you it's so difficult and it's i understand why people walk away from it but it also has this weird just growth development in it where it's almost like going through a boot camp or like a uh like a weird kind of i don't know but it's it breeds different people and i think that there's a a lot to be said for like that attitude, the the positive attitude that we were discussing in the beginning. It's it's something that you have to have as a leader. There's certain qualities I think that are necessary, and that's one that is extremely necessary because the minute that there's like that dissent or the, the minute that there's that doubt, you know, there's going to be the festering of just chaos in a, in like a bad way. You know, yeah. chaos can be good to a degree, but you know. Um what you were saying like uh those people that are vulnerable like those people that are personable the reason why we i think admire folks like that is because one we can relate to them we can understand their story we can understand their intention um and when they fail you want to help them succeed again right like you don't give up on that person versus i think what happens and and businesses uh tend to lend themselves to create a lot of uh a lot of well really they they allow a lot of really narcissistic people to succeed it's kind of like not all businesses cultures are different um environments are different but narcissistic people um really tend to you know climb climb to the top and it's from that it's from like the and i know we we have a shared experience with someone like that that um is the smartest person in the room is always right that sort of thing and and what happens is like you know a lot of people in a larger environment almost boost those type of you know personalities up Mm. but what happens when that person finally fails it's almost instead of the situation where you have folks that say well you're going to bounce back stronger or we still have your you still have our yeah now people are like they're trying to kick out the other leg out from under them because and they're like yeah i remember when you you know um got on me when i failed and now i want to see you fail twice as hard like it's Mm. and, and you see that in like um you know, resentment, all these other yeah. things start setting in. I, I think about situations like uh, this might be a little sideways, but like Putin from Russia, right? Like, 
he Putin's he, never sideways, bro. It's always a great topic to talk about. Is Putin? <laughs> so, Putin fits in any discussion, I think. Yeah, I had um, I had recently watched um, the documentary on his uh, one billion dollar palace that he built Don't along the Black it. Sea. Don't know. About Very it. interesting. Highly recommend. But um, one thing that that had kind of highlighted um, was how Putin rose to power through. The ways that a lot of dictators rise to power, you know, the narcissistic approach, intimidation, um, bribery, um, you know, really, you know, stepping on people along the way, that whole sort of thing, and uh, really propping himself out up as uh, almost perfect, almost better than that whole thing. Infallible. Infallible, right? But, you know, one thing that, and this isn't, this is, we'll use Putin as an example, but you could see this in dictators from across the world, you know, that sort of thing is, um, those people, you know, they live in they live in this state. I think of insecurity because they've they've stabbed so many people in the back, and so they get to this point. I think where you know so many people want to see them fail, and they are, you know, I'll go I'll jump to on a tangent here. Like uh, something I learned um, when I was you know an early uh, I'd say like eighteen to nineteen. I used to work with somebody who. Um, used to be a drug dealer, like big cocaine dealer. Um, and uh, one thing that he had told me, just to keep it short, he said, you know, I used to make a lot of money, um, but it wasn't worth it. And the reason being is because I would never have a good night's sleep. I would always, I would literally sleep on the couch facing my front door with a gun in my lap every night because I was always in fear of somebody kicking down my door to rob me or kill me. Um, he said, so even though I had all this money, I didn't have peace. I didn't have, you know, my conscience wasn't clear. Those sort of things that are priceless. And, um, you know, then we were doing like contract construction work. And he said, you know, I no longer, even though I'm not making as much money, I sleep a lot better now. So um, I'm a lot happier. And and that's something I think about, like when, you know, these folks are in these positions where they've screwed so many people over. Like, yeah, they have all these like material mm things they have power but they don't have peace and and that's deep yeah it's something that i i really realized you know the the value of the intangibles the value of of peace of of knowing of having that clear conscience of knowing i didn't mess i didn't screw anybody up today i didn't hurt anybody today yeah and going back to the the what keep, what do you think keeps people from being able to realize that though like what do you think keeps the narcissistic leaders like isn't doesn't it just feel i don't know I, i've had those moments where i think like fuck those breakdown moments or those breakthrough moments where you are vulnerable and you know maybe you are crying in front of your friends and your fucking peers or whatever because you fucked up yeah. but it's finally that like that breath like fuck i can breathe yeah you know uh, getting out of a uh whether it be a tough relationship or making a decision that might be a tough decision like that just i can breathe this isn't a burden on me anymore it's not stressing me out like once you experience you can talk about that feeling ad nauseum but you don't really know what it's like until you experience it and i think that's what that hits right when he goes you know i was never able to sleep like i was i wasn't able to have a decent night's sleep like i've been stressed to where i haven't slept for days that's for sure you know and it's whether it be something emotional or something stupid something mundane i definitely know that i feel a lot better once i'm over that situation once i don't have to worry about that anymore and like you put into retrospect that he's probably living a life that most people 
would would want right like a wildlife having money and you can take your person in that situation or go to like drug dealers that documentaries are made about fucking cocaine cowboys the people that are right you know pablo escobar owning cities where you could literally have you know the fucking police in your pocket like who doesn't want that kind of power but are you also sleeping at night like are you the kind of guy that is you know being driven into the grave by your own fucking conscious because you can't yeah what i mean or maybe you have no remorse maybe people really go through life and they pull those kinds of strings and they don't feel remorse about it maybe they are at peace in their own weird narcissistic brain because power is what brings them at peace or something like you don't yeah. really know you, you know i think uh it's multiple factors but like we talked about child experiences like mm. i think a lot of like people who are narcissistic um it, it is because of how they grew up um definitely it's also I mean, it's a lack of conscience. It really is. Um, and then, you know, going back to like somebody like the former president, where like if you read into like how he grew up and how his parents, his father, his mother, kind of like, um, you know, kind of trained, trained that person not to show emotion. Emotion is weakness, and, yeah. and money is power, and um, no vulnerabilities, know, no, no vulner- cracks. Exactly, and and so those people, that's how they they formulate their personalities and. It, it is a disorder, you know, but, you know, we talked earlier about like the more you understand, the less you you get angered by or you you almost feel for these people. I mean, obviously, these folks that are causing harm to others is something you can't I wouldn't really necessarily, um, you know, excuse. But at the same time, you can almost understand like, OK, this is why this person's like that. It's not an evil that you that have to be able take... to put on like those glasses and at least be able yeah. to see the perspective or, you know. Yeah, you don't have to... It's almost like, you know, a weird, like, left turn, but people consider, like, pedophilia and weird sex abuse as, like, a mental disorder, and it probably is, right? Like, let's be real, it's probably an upbringing, it's probably some type of just mental lapse that the person is experiencing that hopefully can maybe be fixed through some sort of therapy or, like, help, but ultimately it is this... You know, maybe it is just a mental issue. Maybe it's far beyond anything we can really comprehend because it's a structuring of the brain. It's like this weird wiring that this person has, and we don't really understand it. We don't really get what it is. Narcissism could be looked at the same way. I mean, serial killers, they we try to dissect people's brains and their attitudes towards things and not physically dissect the brains, but we try to analyze, you know, their reasoning behind their their decision making. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard to sit there and uh, empathize or put yourself in the shoes to where you can even like think maybe I get it. You know, because a lot of times you don't want to. You don't a kid that or a person that goes out there and murders kids. You don't want to sit there and go, oh, I get it. <laughs> you know, you don't want to be that person. But there's a reason they're doing this. And if you we ever want to find out why people act this way, or behave this way like we have to how are we going to understand it without or prevent it from yeah. happening to others yeah or know, fix in, it in how are we going to fix it if we don't truly understand why yeah i i again i think not it's, that we're ever going to solve narcissism because that's probably not going to happen but right you know. I, I think we could try to solve you know they say like and don't quote me on this it's like a very small you, perc- very small percentage of people in the United States are narcissists, like less than 1%. Yet, like, CEOs make up, like, 
90% of narcissists. Like, that's something you could fix. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, maybe. I think there's a power in, like, charisma and, and, and confidence, but at the same time, we're propping people up who are, they lack empathy and they lack, you know, um, those kind of qualities that I think made it, make a more rounded leader. Um, not to dwell on this too much, but... I want to pull the mic just a tiny bit closer to you. Uh, you can actually move, slide it towards the end of the table too to have it get closer. There you go. Were you going to continue? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, you're fine. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also... I mean, I don't really want to keep talking onto the leader aspect either or, or talk too much about it, but we were going to talk about the collapse. So in the end of... Uh, I don't want to say the world, but we can talk about a collapse. Yeah. I definitely think that without decent leadership and without someone being able to, I don't know, man. I, I, I think we're far beyond in this current state of civilization worldwide. I think we're far beyond a leader or one person or anybody, one entity being able to come along and go, hey, everybody get your shit straight. Figure out the climate, figure out the this, the wars, the that. We're beyond that. That'll never happen. I don't think that's ever existed or the possibility of that's ever existed. I, I agree. I think the, the world is a chaotic place and people cannot, um, even a group or a country cannot control it. And I think definitely strong leadership will impact the direction that we as a society and a culture go in i think that's that's something that we should really focus on and try to control but you know like we we're talking about i think the world will always go on spinning you know for a while but um will will we as a culture as a modern culture always be the way that we are no for better or worse we won't um you know something that i've really spent a lot of time on you know reading recently is the history of the Americas and um, I'm really interested in that for the reason that why are we the way we are um, you know the the United States of America the current um, you know borders the the way the borders are structured the way that um, countries are in the state that they are in South America um, and you know this all happened after like uh, since 14. Uh, I think in ninety two European invasion, yeah well, yeah, you know they were a trying lot. to they were trying to find a, lot, a route right. to China so they didn't have to negotiate through uh, Venice and Arab states in the Middle East, but you know it, they 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 had no idea what they were doing, like they didn't even understand on the small scale of what impact they were about to have on the future of the world um that is who we are right now, but one thing that i I, I want to take away from that is how much how un, like we have i think and this is for me being educated in the united states i have such a a like um a way of viewing the world right like you think like the united states is this certain way and it, it's going to be like this forever and yeah and and you know this is all i've known and and modern history is like is this way you know et cetera, et cetera. but when you read more about the history of the united states you realize how chaotic and un and fractured and unorganized it really is and how i mean we we educate kids in public schools and in schools now that's just an infrastructure though we, we we can't we have to understand that that's 
we're educating the way we're educating kids the way we're educating them now based on the past hundred years of like evolution and culture and society right right and again we're feeding like there's how the fuck are we going to teach the history of the world to anybody let alone a fucking seven-year-old right and that's why now we're picking and choosing what we're teaching kids and the education it's a weird thing but in general we're taught growing up whether it's in the education system or out of the education system this very minute scope of what the world really is like you know we're not really and unless you're in school trying to unless you're in school being taught things or you're actively trying to learn things you're never really going to know so yeah we're basically most people only retain this very small fraction and it's a very distorted fraction of what the history of the world let alone the united states is really like or what the history of the united states let alone the world is really like right right that's probably why you do have people that are so you know religiously devout because they just grew up all know just knowing religion and the history of it it's real simple and easy to follow and understand i guess in a weird way and that's just all they know and without breaking that barrier and trying to learn other things or discover other things you're never really going to truly learn hence probably all the issues we fucking have now yeah you're right and to think about it yeah the people that were trying to discover you know a new trade route they didn't know they were going to literally impact the world in a way nobody could fathom. Yeah, they were going to start of a, Yeah, dude, what? Do you think they're really going to be bearing that type of like, oh, we're about to change the fucking history of, we're about to change the future. Like, yeah. no, bro, what are you talking? We're just Could trying to get, we're Chris, just trying to save on taxes. <laughs> we're just trying to save on fucking money, man. Exactly. Christopher Columbus died not understanding the, the, uh, the Columbian exchange, as they call it, that he had uh, set into motion. It's, you know, the more I read about it, the more I'm, I am mind blown about everything that happened in that time. And and for me, it comes from an interest of really trying to grasp like um, why things are again, why things are the way they are. Um, and you brought up <laughs> you brought up Rome earlier, and yeah. how there was like we were talking to MMA, and you were talking about how. Before the collapse of Rome, there was just gladiator battles like all the fucking time, right? And yeah. Obviously, that's, you know, Rome, pretty epic collapse. Uh, it, but, it happened over a long, long period of time. It well, happened over a long period of time. It didn't happen overnight, but, right, the gladiator games were roaring on in the background. Yeah, and that's how I felt during the uh, during the last year as, like, it seemed like uh, so many, you know, events were happening day by yeah, day, and then yeah. yet... Yeah, there was... Uh, People were tuning in for the fucking bloodbath that was MMA. And yeah, it was almost eerie without an audience, too, bro, because it was like... How weird was that? Yeah, it was... At first, I didn't really gauge it until, like, you know, it happened over a while, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of eerie. Yeah, this is kind of... Uh... We'll, we'll jump back to MMA, because there's so many things to touch on on that. It was, man, and and I'm glad that you're at least into it, because I've been wanting to talk about the we can talk about MMA as the sport and talk stats and statistics, but I'd like to talk to talk to you about it as like a metaphor for life, because honestly I think that's, you know, it was the only sport that stuck through last year, like continuously, right. Or at least the UFC, not even all of MMA, but it it did bounce back probably quicker than any other sport. Um, It was real weird 
seeing no audience and like being able to hear and see kind of everything going on the production behind it all that right but for the metaphor to life of just fighting and like persevering and overcoming things like that's what 2020 was for everybody in a weird way so you have fights every weekend yeah people i think i think you probably got more mma fans last year than fans of like anything else you know what i'm saying like you probably drew in more new mma fans than anything just based on the fact that you're replicating life on tv you're 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 winning people over by these stories of you know overcoming obstacles and becoming the best in the world at something like everybody needs to hear that in a time of dismay and chaos and that's what sports does really well right like i think so those yeah narratives of uh, the team yeah the yeah. team building and the you can apply those types of things to life like it, it, it you know and that's probably why they work so well because i remember for the longest time i know we weren't going to go into conspiracy theories but i remember for the longest time there was this uh, like YouTube video going around back in like 2010, 2011, where it was like the end days are coming and they were equating, uh, they were basically equating tribalism and, mm. uh, f- you know, f- uh, fanaticism, if that's how you say it, uh, over sports being the anti religion and how the world mm. has become so disconnected from god and all we care about all we worship now are these idols these false idols basically uh you know sports idols movie stars shit like that and i got that i got that in the sense that like oh man that is that this is weird that like all we do is worship these teams and we spend millions and millions and millions of dollars a year buying merchandise and fucking millions of dollars go to hollywood and it is weird that uh, you know, I'm not a religious person. I don't think that that's necessarily what's happening, but we definitely have taken this sharp turn towards idolizing just weird things, things that I think in a lot of ways probably shape culture and society more than we know. I know social media is one of them. Like that's a whole nother fucking mess and discussion. Social media is fucking everybody up in a way that I don't think we understand yet, but we do have this weird fascination and obsession with sports. And I think a lot of times it's, it's lost. It's lost in the hype of the game and the team and the touchdowns and the highlights and the, the, uh, you know, fantasy football. And now everybody's a coach and everybody's so ingrained in it. I think they're honestly missing what it is. I think it's meant to be, you know, celebrated as something. Sports are, I think, meant to be thought of as, hey, yeah, you, you're taking a team. There's this energy. There's this passion, this competitive spirit, this hard work, this ethic, this example that's supposed to be set. And, you know, you think of the Olympics. You're taking your team and you're representing your team on a world stage. You know, you're representing uh, strength and the will to just overcome the rest of the fucking world. Adversity, right? Yeah. And... I don't know why people get lost in that. I don't know why people lose sight of how important those types of like, or I guess how important that mentality towards life is. Like that is why I think sports cross over so well is they do fit those narratives to life. They, they, everybody wants to be a hero, a champion. There's these archetypes you're trying to fulfill and sports is just a perfect way to wrap that up. Film and entertainment too, in a weird way. I think, um, 
I think if if you look at human history, even like religion was our first um, kind of like like touch of we look for those stories, right? We look for those stories of you know people overcoming, um, like biblical stories of like uh, you know David and Goliath. Like um, I think those just struck strike something in our brains mm-hmm. that is is uh, it's almost spiritual. Um, and I think that's something that we as people are, are drawn to. I think for a long time in pre-human history or uh, pre-recorded history, uh, you know, there was, it, it was just word of mouth. It was, uh, you know, yeah. you know, myths, lots, myths, folklore. Yeah, folklore. And then we started writing them down, you know. And I think that's what lends itself to like the modern era where now it's, like you said, it's movie stars. It's those, those new, these are our new, uh, you know, stories, our new you know, biblical stories, um, you know, sports teams and that sort of thing and what they've accomplished and what certain athletes accomplish. And I think uh, there's something to say about people searching for escapism. I think that's what we see Mm -hmm. now. Like people are escaping from maybe certain things within their own lives. And so they lean into, you know, anything. It could be video games. It could be, you know, entertainment in any facet, like um, vices, social media. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I, I do agree. Like, I think there's a, there's a lot of good there. I think it's also like we talked about, like how important it is to balance things. Like, I think it's okay to do anything in moderation, moderation. especially yeah. moderation, right? Yeah. Like that's so, the getting so lost in a sports team. Like one thing that always was off putting was if I see somebody like angry or upset or sad when about their team, team loses. loses and, and, you know, you understand like, to a degree but then you think is it that serious like is it that serious that your emotions are wound up over something that is a game you know we call it a game for a reason it's it's non-consequential to you in a way like you know unless you just lost your house on a bet which is another problem you may have you know (laughs) gambling but which is what's coming about with a lot of these things but at the same time yeah like um i think also the another problem i think of like you're mentioning the olympics is nationalism and Fuck. like that that's a huge issue i think when people people get so caught up like they really don't have a they have imaginary like vested interests in these things like they're like well america won this gold medal so we are better than than thou and, and it's you blur the lines to when you know what's the how is the marketing towards uh you know sports rivalries being positioned we're going to war this sunday we're us versus them you know and then how does that get tossed up into the narrative of like oh well now we're on a different team i mean the narratives of teams just crosses over right okay you're from cincinnati then you must be a fucking Bengals fan like oh you're not a Bengals fan well then who are you a fan of right i mean Mm -hmm. that transcends into oh hey you're from Cincinnati and all of a sudden that's a Republican state and the Democratic state next to you, you know, that just... People have to fit you in a in their own narrative, in their own box. That's one thing I've always had an issue with personally. I, maybe that's not where you're going, but my thought process is like... It's true though. And is that a... Is that a we talked about putting on the other sunglasses, right? Being able to see someone else's pers- or other glasses, being able to see someone else's perspective. Uh, you're a Bengals fan, and all of a sudden you're pissed off because that other team won. Are you not able to put the glasses on to where you saw the qualities in that team that were still good or like virtuous? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, that team worked hard. That team showed up. That team just played better. You know, you're so upset and so distraught that you're now not able to recognize those qualities. You're just pissed off. Your reaction to this isn't a balanced reaction. It's a reaction based on emotions and all these other things that you have, which is, again, that goes into 
fucking people's attitudes. <laughs> There's just a lot of people, bro. And with uh, so many people in the world, you're bound to get these weird concoctions of just craziness. And it's weird to see certain things like perpetuate more or, or stick around more than other things, I guess. That's a weird way to explain it. But there's just so many different attitudes nowadays. You said ex- escapism, and I'm like, was there escapism in like the 1300s? Probably not, because what were you escaping from? Fucking famine. Like you couldn't really escape yeah. from much other than like having to fucking plant crops. You well, know, like yeah, I think now we're in a world, or at least here in America, where we could fucking do anything and everything any day of the week. Yeah, and it's like people probably do wake up and go I have too much shit to do what do I want to do I just want to sleep all day like this is fucking too much I'm overwhelmed or whatever weird shit's going on but but then you take someone living in a hut in Africa they're in a completely different world than we are right now too they have completely different perspectives on things probably completely different ideas about how the world works and what their ideas of life are and what matters to them and it's just yeah bro it's all probably going to (laughs) collapse it's all probably just going to go to shit I, I, I think uh I think our culture is in I, I you know you said like there's so many people I think that's that's I think these issues have always been around but we've had such a concentrated media for the like for you know the late you know that's a huge problem 20th century like that we didn't real like you know people knew these issues were happening if you went to speak to somebody in you know let's say Georgia or something, like if you spoke to someone, they would say, hey, look, I have all these issues. The media isn't covering, the news doesn't cover, there's crime, there's poverty, there's, right? And and I think it was easy to ignore these things. But now with everybody, more or less everybody, at least here in the United States, having access to internet, you know, more and more people each year, you're getting a lot of these perspectives that are now making people, I think, a little bit more like, oh my God, we have so many problems. And they're valid, they're very valid. But at the same time, they had always been there and i think this is a good opportunity to not say hey you know what we have enough problems like no it's a good opportunity to try to fix these things that had been going on for generations um you know will the united states as an empire that we are will it collapse i mean my opinion would be yes you know but um will we as people could we as as a human you know culture could we persevere oh of course you know I think there's a lot there I think there's a lot of good people but obviously we focus a lot on like the negative things that happen because that's what makes the news and that's what gets attention that's what gets the uh, tabloids yeah Yeah. and I think that's that's the that's exactly the problem with our society I think that's what's causing the problem is we're focusing too much like we talked about celebrities and about idols and stuff like that and that's exactly the problem is we as a culture we value materialism our capitalistic society values you know certain traits and they're causing all these mental disorders to arise within kids at a younger age because now they're on social media being ex- you know exposed to oh i com- you know greed and and then they compare themselves to things they aren't or don't have and it's it's unbalanced and you know we don't we don't have like you said like we're not going to realize how social media is affecting people until we're able to look back and that's exactly right because right now we're not able to really we don't have a structure in place for kids growing up to say you know this is uh this is what is a value we allow other people to teach values the same way we put kids in public school we allow other people you know the media the the entertainment whatever you want to call it generalize it to put the values within our own children and you know one thing i was reading about was uh there was a woman i'll keep this short there was a woman who 
wanted to learn about how people in um, you know South America and in, and even in Africa how they raise their children because she felt like people in these societies um, that are not you know Western you know quote unquote societies right now um, how they produce such productive members of their own cultures of their own communities and so she went there to write this book and to and to learn and um, you know and one thing that she realized is like you know uh, I'll give a good example as she was mentioning how you know if you know how right now if you are a parent and you're cooking and your child comes into the kitchen and you have all this stuff set out and they want to like oh I want to help out mom or dad you know and you might say no no you need to go outside and play you know you don't want them in that kitchen with you um, you know we're teaching them to that this isn't the space for them we're almost discouraging them from something that they are interested in they're interested in what you're doing and we think in our heads oh well they'll learn about cooking later on or we'll in in at the right time we'll teach them mm. about this but then when that right time comes around they're they no longer interested. interested they're no longer interested they don't care about cooking at that point they care about the next thing because whose right time is it yeah you <laughs> exactly you discourage them and he, wow. she she points out how like i want to say it was in like colombia or something or like if you were in uh, even guatemala you were in a in that situation and maybe you have a hot stove you know going on in your kitchen and a child comes in you use that as an opportunity to teach you say well you know what this is hot but you know what maybe watch you're interested watch what i'm doing we'll yeah. start there and maybe next time you can be involved in one thing and then later on you can be involved in more and then that creates you know kids that can cook that want to be a part of the the process of making dinner for the family and then they feel more invested. It creates community bonds, you know, within your own family. And and she was pointing that out to um, also worth value. value. Hey, um, mom, mom needs me to help cook every night, you know. Hey, or you, you know, it's they buy in. Yeah, you th when you think of not wanting to do shit when you were a kid, well, it's because you have this perception that it's boring or it's not fun anymore, and I don't want to do that. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh no, gross, you know. But if you just grow up doing it if you grow up helping your mom like you're not gonna think that that's a, nu a nuisance anymore because that's just what you know it's, exactly you know and there's weird like you brought up the hot stove like oh hey you can't be in the kitchen because the stove's hot like well you, yeah you know you could also just kind of let your kid walk in the kitchen and touch the stove and go oh hey that's why we don't touch the stove right yeah. but we think that there's this not to say that the world's too nerfed because that's not the case it's just so much easier to live in fucking 2021 than it was a hundred years ago right but nobody wants their kid to burn their hand on the stove so we just right. don't let them come in the kitchen and that's the, and that's the wrong approach. building that barrier right when right. there's a nuance to it you hey, could teach them you can come in the kitchen maybe i need to be more mindful of you being in the kitchen so you don't touch the stove i can prevent that from happening but that doesn't mean that in order to prevent you from touching the hot stove, I have to just completely barricade you out of the fucking kitchen. Exactly. And I kids can maybe are smart. put you up on the high chair and you're in the kitchen with me or we're doing something or you're, you know, yeah. you're bringing me things when I ask you to bring me and I'm coordinating. There's a nuance there. Not everybody has nuance to their lives, but that's also the other like struggle is there's nuances to every aspect of life. Yeah. Having your kid in the kitchen and not touching the stove, running a fucking country. Like, well, you know, you could teach them, hey, look, hot, hot. Yeah. And that's the example she gives is that the the mom would tell the kid, you know, she'd put her hand near the stove and say, oh, hot, hot. You know, and that's how the kids would learn, okay, you know, that I would burn myself. And it's, it's the kids, again, kids are smart, man. They're yeah. going to, just yeah. like all the things we picked up Creatures as kids. Of habit. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, the last thing that she touched on is how you're mentioning like uh, the 30s. Like 
around the time, around the 30s is when we started having these public schools around the country. And we started prior to that, you know, uh, parents would be fully involved in their children's education. They would help around, you know, the house, the land, what have you. And after, you know, uh, that time, the industrialization, you know, pre-World War II, around that time, we started having public schools nationally. And then it th there was a culture change where now we had the states teaching our kids everything. And it almost, it created now a new culture of like, the they are going to teach my kids everything now i'm hands off mm -hmm. it like was like a complete you know turn from what was going on before and so and that's what is going on now we have you learned this sadly through the pandemic where you know uh, without judgment you know there's a lot of parents that did not want to have their kids in their houses they said these kids need to go back to school because i cannot be around them all day and that you know is probably because they aren't you know it just again they weren't used to it and at the same time it wasn't their expectation of how kids should be kids shouldn't be home all day i shouldn't have to teach them i shouldn't have to take care of them i shouldn't have to con converse with them like they need to be at school and um you know i heard a lot of personal stories like that and it was kind of eye-opening because i thought to myself well you know isn't this an opportunity to like really actually get to know your kids and really get to teach them things that you know you want them to know but again you understand you understand where it's coming from but it is it is again this thing where how our culture has has how our culture has changed how it's changing and what the outcome of these changes are you know are going to result in so <clears throat> man there's a lot there uh first i want to go to i i didn't want to say this earlier because i don't want to tie in capitalism and narcissism but do you think capitalism breeds narcissism um i think when we are capitalism which is like shareholder ca capitalism where we create these companies that you know, are to the benefit of the company and not obviously, to the employees. Capitalism is what it's not everywhere around the world, but you don't. Narcissism is probably everywhere. There's probably narcissism in like small villages in a of weird course. way, right? Yeah. When, when there's not capitalism, but do you think people succeed in this version, environment? Yeah. Well, you think about a company. Like, if I create a company, who am I? Who am I? Um, the, the people who need to benefit from my company are, of course the owner the shareholders the, CEOs, the shareholders and so did you ever read conscious capitalism no i have not so it's right along those lines it's called okay. conscious capitalism how you can have a capitalistic society or culture but be conscious about it make sure that the people that are invested in it the shareholders which are the employees the owners and then the actual like stockholders the people that are investing in it everybody's a shareholder right there is a way that you can manage capitalism and be conscious about it. Mm -hmm. You can take care of all the shareholders, everybody who does have a vested interest in the company or an invested interest in the company. You can't take care of everybody. It was written by the CEO of Whole Foods, which I know that there's, I mean, it's actually not a bad, you know, Whole Foods, they're, they're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their turnover? Yeah, isn't high at all. Like they've had really decent standards, at least for the last, I guess 10, 15 years. This guy wrote the book back in like, I think 2012, 2013. Uh, and why, why you gave me a look. Is there something you know about Whole Foods that isn't, <laughs> that no, isn't no appropriate? Comment. No comment? Okay, well. But, um, no, I mean, I, I, I think there's valid. a way that capitalism can be ran and it take care of everybody. I don't but, disagree. Again, there's certain aspects and characteristics of the culture within capitalism where maybe you are in a company that is this, hey we cut the fucking week right and maybe company a is that way but company b 
can't run that way because company B doesn't allow it to be that cutthroat, right? You get these different patches within the capitalism and you, I mean, yeah, we are a country that seems to seems to care a lot about that revenue and we, seems we, to we, care a lot about who's making the money and yeah, where do we value mm. we, we value like we said like we we value the rich we value the strong in a way and it, 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 like you said do does this cap does this um style of capitalism like really prop up and help people who are narcissists yes i think so because people who are narcissists are always looking out for their best interests and when they are in these positions of power they are looking to benefit themselves and the people you know who the people at their level their equals right in that way like the you know the stockholders and that sort of thing um and so they're not looking out for the people who you know you, you could say are beneath them like the employees you know they're not looking out for the environment they're not looking out for the communities that they operate in and i these think are, these statistics are most... would agree with that because what ceo income has over the last what they say 20 30 years has increased by like 270 percent where minimum wage hasn't right and yet the income of these ceos around the world or around the country primarily but i'm sure around the world too are making some like 100 times what their frontline employees are making which mm-hmm. is fucking crazy because if you look at this idea of capitalism being ran where everybody's benefiting from it because it's a i mean let's be real capitalism is what this country is is very fond of capitalism runs very deep in this country and i think there's this perception that oh because it's a capitalistic country everybody's benefiting Mm, that's not the case no very clearly not clearly not the case clearly not and like the I think the studies show that. The inequality. The inequality right now. It's just getting wider and wider. Right. And there hasn't been this equality of distribution. I don't want to say equality of distribution because that makes it sound like everybody needs to get an equal amount. It sounds way socialist, which Mm. I'm not trying to, but there hasn't been an equal. There hasn't been fair play on the field. Well, benefits, like you know. yeah, there hasn't been. It's fine that the CEO gets more money because they're the CEO. That's fine, but that doesn't mean that the frontline employees also shouldn't reap some sort of benefits for the work that they've put in. Because the only reason that the CEO is making that kind of money is the success of the infrastructure of the business, and therefore there's work and ethic that's being put in on the frontline people, the bottom rung people that should be recognized and across the uh, across the whole landscape of it, it that, that's not the case people it just isn't i don't think i don't no, think many I've, companies are, are are taking that stance in really you know yeah you get examples in like seattle where ceos are going out of their way to take pay cuts and you know everybody in the company is going to make x amount of money right. even if i have to take a pay cut because of it but you're seeing that in very few and far between situations you're not seeing that across the board and you're not seeing it from companies like coca-cola you know you're not seeing it from companies like nestle that are worldwide that really truly are you know multi-level mega corporations where you you're not just nestle isn't just chocolate isn't just water it's or isn't just chocolate it's water chocolate candies this that it's 17 other companies underneath it they're huge monopolies in the many one ways. company that's running it probably has a standards and an ethics model that trickles down to those other companies yeah it creates and a how, culture yeah and like fuck you want to talk about like I don't want to talk about collapse because I don't want to say that it's going to happen I don't want to be pessimistic but I read this article on reddit and 
it was solid the, source it was on the well okay first of all reddit's not the source but i just it was the uh the uh subreddit uh the collapse which is just all about the collapse and the article was from al jazeera and it was a guy that wrote about living through some collapse in like a middle eastern country and he's like people think that there's going to be an announcement on the television oh the united states is in collapse the world is in collapse and he's like that's not how it happens right i lived through the collapse i still went out and partied at night i still went to bars i still worked i still watched tv he's like that didn't mean that the collapse wasn't happening i was just living my life through the collapse because i had the means to do so Mm -hmm. people that were in a lesser uh you know income or whatever people yeah, more insecure uh, situation didn't didn't have that luxury people right. that were in better situations than me probably had a better you know mm-hmm. i still had uh protests in my city riots in my cities there was still murders and all that anyways and so he's basically painting the picture as like yo we're in the collapse don't don't be mistaken by that there is a collapse going on there's a collapse going on within the I mean, obviously the race collapse, right? Like that that's a thing that's happening right now. And as shitty as it is, it's been happening for like 60 years in this country, but longer than that. But people think it's been fine for the last 60 years when it hasn't been. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there's the, yeah, <laughs> there's just underlining issues there. But then there's also this class issue that's coming up. Like, hey, there are differences in class. There is the wealthy. There is the middle class. There is the poor. And a lot more people are falling into the latter two categories mm-hmm. than are going into, you know, the rich category. And what else is happening? We're seeing companies within the country fucking get richer and still people are getting poorer. That's causing dissension. You know, there's this weird thing to think about where somebody commented in there and said, yeah, what about the fact that property and businesses are not being owned by, like, we're just selling companies off to China and all these other countries. And it's like, people on the outside have this grand view of what the future holds. And because we have these technology's booming and all these great innovations and we're fucking even though there's a pandemic and there is a lot of doom and gloom most people are optimistic about the future because of just the ebb and flow of things everything Mm -hmm. seems to be progressing and getting better but in reality there's these cracks and these foundational breaks that are happening because we're just building on top of an already weak fucking foundation right and eventually we're not even going to be able to prepare ourselves for it it's just going to collapse it's going to just be this fucking epic fall. We're already at war with a shit ton of other countries. We're already, you know, so far deep. We've already built such a high structure on this, such a weak foundation that there's no going back. And it's just a matter of when it's going to collapse. Which to me was like, I've always f- feared the fucking, I've always feared like the anarchy type collapse that I think we fear when we're younger. Like the end of the world. I always had this, what's the end of the world? I've always thought that i don't know maybe that's just me i'm a fucking weird kid but i thought about like nuclear war when i was like 12 (laughs) we used to live in like yeah we used to live i remember watching the show on showtime that was about nuclear war it fucking happened and everybody was dying from like radiation poisoning and i just remember being like is this like a real thing and like talking to my parents about it and they're like oh yeah and there was like this nuclear plant that was like a fucking hour away from my house so then i fucking ask like well, what happens if that blows up and they're like oh well probably the whole state would probably die and i'm living in like this fear as a 10 year old of this yeah. nuclear explosion happening which probably never happened right but as i get older i'm like man what does civilization ending look like and you hear about the collapse of rome and the fucking uh all these other civilizations that have just ended and it's like well what causes that is it 
is it just one event? No, it's probably this domino effect oh, yeah. that nobody events. even recognizes, that nobody even understands until it's too late. Right. Like, are we really going to look back and go, you know, and this is something that I've thought, and it's a weird thought, and I'm in, in no way, shape, or form discrediting like the foundation of the United States, because I do truly believe that there's something special here. And unfortunately... I think that we've sabotaged ourselves in a way, but we're still such a young country and idea and, and this democracy or whatever we have at this point, this stage in 2021 that was, you know, from 1700 and these 400 years of just like experimental shit, right? It would really suck if like in a hundred years we said that was a bad idea. That was bad because over the course of 500 years, it didn't go well. Like, yeah, there was a lot of innovation and progression and a lot of advancement, but ultimately it led to a demise that was like of epic proportions. And this is, I'm not, I don't think that that's how it's going to go, but let's just say we can't get over the fact that, you know, it is this weird, mo- I mean, we're in a monarchy, I think, in the U.S. It's Republicans and Democrats. It's two families. I think it's, it's not an oligarchy. This, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not It's this. a bunch of rich, it's, it's, to me, it's a lot of, uh, I mean, and that's what we've kind of created over the last couple of decades since probably the 80s. We're creating a society in which a few amount of people have so much power through wealth accumulation. And I think that that is... Uh, I, what you said, like there's something special about the United States. I think there was something special in the idea created about separating like church and state and creating the constitution in which uh, it wasn't true at the time. But I mean, we li- we love the idea of everybody being created equal. And I think we tried to shoot for that standard. And I, I, I like that. And, you know, there is a lot of... Because like, who doesn't want that, right? Right. In a, in it's a... an ideal that I think everybody, most people, uh, people who, besides maybe the people who had already the... Uh, the privileges of not of being superior to others. Yeah, the royal family probably didn't like the idea a whole lot. You know, slave owners, everybody, everybody <laughs> else who you know was, um, yeah. But I think what the people who fucking sent that tea over, <laughs> fucking pretty pissed they didn't get their money back. Exactly, you mm-hmm. know. And so, uh, you know, I think what we, Mike, I don't want to dwell too much into it, but keeping it short again is th- what I'm most worried about right now is how we have uh, a few amount of people making more desi- having more power than any other human being has had um, any other humans have had in the entirety of human history and they know they've known exxon has known that the environment was being impacted by you know human activities and what's going on i think is they already are aware that if they can keep up this this uh, facade that everything is good the stock market you know blah 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 like the people will keep going to work every day we'll continue on with what we're doing and we'll continue to line their pockets with more resources because if things do go really bad you know natural disasters economic collapses what have you they will be able to buy their way into a new kingdom they'll become the kings of the future they can go back to we can go back to uh, elysium did you ever see that yes and so we we can we can yeah they can go and, and build a paradise on mars or on the moon and that that's what i think about when i think about like if we don't take action now these folks know that you know there will be a point where maybe more people will will realize hey this is not okay and maybe we do need to hold folks accountable but will it be at a point where these folks will have so much power that we won't even be able to unlike any other time in human history the revolution will not be sufficient and 
I think, you know, I do fear nuclear war because I, man, that's the one thing where I'm like, we now have the capability to really end the planet in a way, like the natural ecosystem of the planet, you know, uh, wholesale. But at the same time, you know, I have faith that, you know, that won't happen. You you can't live your life in fear, right? Like you, yeah, can't, you can't sit there yeah. and think, oh, this is, you know, it's just not healthy. But I think my biggest takeaway is uh, love the people around you, appreciate the small things, you know, try to be a better person, you know, love your friends and your families, hug them, like that sort of thing. I think that that's what we really need to, I think that's what we need to lead to. You know, there's like the quote on like, you know, I tried to change the world, um, but then I realized like, you know, I need to wisely change change, myself. Change myself, yeah, yeah, to shorten it. So, and I think that's the most important thing because I think we as individuals need to change. Like that's the power behind the become the change you want to see quote is because if you really want to honestly see true change in the world, you're not going to see that unless you change yourself because you have the perspective you have and the tainted vision that you have because of your experiences and your the way you are now and that's the like dichotomy of it is you're not ever really going to see change in the world but what you are going to see is you're going to see change in yourself and you're going to just view the world differently you're going to have a less shitty outlook you know you're going to maybe be more positive or you're going to have a you know you're going to look at nature differently or you're going to appreciate people differently just because of your experiences but you're never going to actually feel that until you strive to change yourself that's why you can try as long as you want to change other people around you you're you're wasting time you have to love people for who they are yeah and you can't do that until you love yourself we're so yes we're so disappointed by the actions of others because we have expectations of them and that's what needs to change is you need to realize Again, you can't control people. People are going to do what they're going to do. And you have to love them throughout. And that actually brings, I think, you more peace than anything. Because then when these things happen, you realize we're going to keep on moving on. Like, I'm not going to get so distraught, disappointed, upset at others. It doesn't create anything positive, truly. Like, you know, you you have to just love people. And I think that's what really causes them to change. Like, love and attention. You know, that's what love is, is giving people attention. And I think, you know when we don't do that when we try to punish people when we try to judge them when we try to scold them like these are things that are creating the negative results that we continue to see in so many in so many ways across the world you know um it's also so easy to just be shitty all the time yeah. like it's a lot easier and we talk about you know escapism or people want the easy way i mean the path of least resistance let's be real too and i i don't ever want to come across as like we're shitting on our situations because again I, I think that anybody living in 2021 is blessed to be living in 2021 and not 1921 uh in a way and oh, yeah. i think that you know we we can sit and talk about man you got to be positive and you got to fucking have that that uh go-getter attitude but in reality we have it really nice here and it is a lot easier to just kind of give up not give a shit uh try something new you know because we have so little problems people create these bigger issues out of like mountains out of molehills right like you you're we don't have really any issues in this day and age to an extreme degree so we have these other issues we have to create for ourselves Mm. and because we do that people are met with more opportunities to i think give up or uh 
say that they there's just too many ways out now people have too many ways out and i think that that's something that you don't realize is an issue when it comes to personal growth and emotions until you're dealt with it right and i think that when you realize hey i'm weak emotionally or i'm i don't have a stable lifestyle or this isn't working for me and you can't just easily go away from it you know we all know the people that just have shitty attitudes toward things they are negative all the time you know they hate their job they hate their life but they don't ever do anything to change it because when they actually have to do something to change it and they can't do it successfully they also can't just walk away they also can't just sit there and go um oh i you know like we we talked about that earlier it's real easy for someone to just sit and like leave a relationship instead of actually sitting down having that tough conversation hey i need to do this yes it's selfish yes you might hate me but this is something i need to do for me and you know we can only sit there and accept that and hopefully understand it Mm -hmm. when it's a lot easier for someone to just get up and leave one day leave the house ignore the phone calls not have to explain themselves not have to talk about it because they don't want to have to deal with the repercussions or the responsibilities or whatever that is and we've created that for ourselves we've created those easy outs we've created that just hey i'm going to delete the text block the number uh, shut my phone off ignore everybody because that's a lot easier than having to sit there and go hey i'm flawed i have an issue or it's a lot easier than having to face that issue maybe you do come to the realization that you're a shitty partner in like mm-hmm. an alternate universe right like hey i'm a shitty partner and instead of sitting here and going yeah uh i've fucked up and i need to become better and i need to try harder they're just apt to walk away from it and where do you grow from that nobody grows from that nobody grows from those types of experiences and it's like building muscle it's like becoming faster at running it's it's you have to put yourself through these struggles in order to actually grow and it's a stupid metaphor and stupid analogy but that's why they're there and that really is the only growth you can't grow expecting to have the same results and people are so accustomed to just give up and and have that fucking shitty perspective on things and you you don't grow you don't grow in that you grow through failure i think like uh, touching on when we talk about like uh, you know people who are in competitions and sports right like the 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 thing that makes people better the thing that makes their story so um, you know so motivating is that people fail and they learn from it you know they use these losses and they use these setbacks to really you know propel themselves to maybe the next level and i think you know what you were touching on on relationships like i've i've been like that where like you know through my own you know trauma i've pushed people away i've instead of having the hard conversations i said you know what this person you know for whatever reason i'm gonna push this person away you know i've made my mistakes i've you know i think we're we all have our own things everybody that i've met has their own challenges that they need to face um you know I think, like you were saying, the, the I think a really important thing, especially us, um, you know, being in, you know, younger in our lives and a younger phase of our lives, like we really need to, every failure needs to be an opportunity to learn. Like you need to get that feedback. I, one thing that I see often from my, um, this is a very male dominated conversation, right? But like from like my guy friends, like a lot of like when they have breakups, they often tell me like, you know yeah you know we broke up and 
you know, she told me about all these things that she didn't like at the end of the breakup. And she just like, you know, like threw it on me. And, and, and they almost talk to me like they want validation that they are okay people. Like they're telling me these things not to say like, not they're not asking for, you know, uh, advice or anything like that. They just want somebody to talk to because that makes things, it, it, it's, it's good to talk things out. It's good to voice things. I think it's good for your mental health. But when you're telling that to people and you're, just wanting validation that you're an okay person like look she said all these things about me man but you know i'm you know i'm not like that or like you know like and they're just trying to like can you believe that can you believe that yeah Mm. they're trying to hold on to like i'm okay right and it's it's very difficult because you know especially when it's your friend but i think like one thing that's so important is like that is such valid feedback they just gave you gold and and you didn't and you thought it was you know charcoal like that's gold like they just yeah, it's unfortunate, you know, they didn't, they, they told you this at the end of the relationship once they gave up, once they walked away, but they gave you something that you can use for your further relationships, for yourself, for your own development. Screw future relationships, that should be out of the question. You need to work on yourself if they gave you that many things that, you know, that needed to be worked on, you know, that is like everything that you needed. And, and you know, if they gave it to you at the end of the relationship, at the end of the relationship, it's because you weren't listening during the relationship. I was just going to say, what was the, how many signs did you ignore? You know, and hey, I can also see, like you said, you know, you've been the shitty person in a relationship before. Yeah. And you've avoided the tough conversations. Uh, I could definitely see in a scenario Maybe I'm the bad guy, and to make this easier, I'm going to break up, but I'm going to just have a fucking list of 10 things that you did throughout the relationship. Maybe I didn't discuss this earlier in the relationship and bring this to your attention earlier, and maybe I should have, right? That could also be the fault of that person, but that's where we go back to being able to control the reactions. And it would be great if we could live through, you know, an experience like let's say we were having a conversation with our friend and they were just rattling off all the horrible things the girlfriend said about him can you believe she said i'm selfish can you believe she said i'm this and i'm that fucking i'm not i'm none of this right if we could bottle that experience that was in the moment and that guy could go back and revisit that experience and take notes and sit there and hey she did say i was this and she did say i was that and go back and then React differently because we go back to our reactions. React differently to that situation and say, hey, yeah, maybe she did give me a list of things I could work on. We can't in that moment care about why she went about it the way she did. We can't care about that she waited until the last minute to tell you all these horrible things about the relationship to break up with you. Right. All that we can really take in is that she gave us this information Mm -hmm. and we can choose to do what we want with it. She could have walked away and disappeared. And yes. you could have, and and you not could have, not have closure. Anything. Exactly. And, and you're sitting there thinking, what did I do? What did I do? But, you know. And that they, might have been easier for you to swallow. Maybe. 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 Because it's how you yeah. react, right? It might right. have been easier for you to swallow that way. Because you could have made your own assertions about why she left. You could have blamed her. You could have said, you know, X, Y, and Z. She was, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in a way, yeah, it's harder for somebody to tell you, you know what? There's a lot of things about you that are not sufficient for a healthy relationship. And it's hard to swallow that. It's very hard, especially when we have our egos in the way, especially when we we feel like we've tried so hard, you know, and, and maybe you did, you know, but again, it, it doesn't really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because now what matters is how are you going to fix those issues that 
that caused you know it, it, a relationship at the end of the day everything's a relationship right the relationship you have with yourself the mm-hmm. friendships yep, the yep. you know your work <clears throat> relationships and it's like these are things that they overlap in a way and you need to fix a lot of these these problems so that you can have better friendships you know because that's that's where relationships a lot of relationships i would like to think start health in a healthy way as friendships and you know you lose sight of that throughout the relationship in certain ways uh, because you have expectations of your partner because they're your romantic partner and again just to um, i mean anything business partners you can go yeah. into business with somebody and maybe you have a different work ethic than the other person mm-hmm. or maybe you have a different idea of what business is you know but yeah. there's whatever whatever reason something there that clicks and I mean, you look at the frailty of relationships. There's a reason why not everybody gets along with everybody, right? Is because right. there's just different attitudes, different mindsets, and that's like a psychological deep dive. But the point is, is there is nuance to relationship building, and it does take two, or however many people that are in a relationship, or whatever the dynamic may be. But personally, as an individual, you have to go in and understand that you're a component individually, and then you're a component as a partner. You know, and if it's three of you, hey, you're a component as the third person. Or if it's a uh, fucking board of directors and there's eight of you, hey, you have to understand your component. But there's right. also individuality there and responsibility and all these other things that you need to set within yourself. But yeah. you're just a component. Like, people can't break away from that. People also don't like losing. You mentioned, uh, you know, sometimes you do take all the necessary steps and you do prepare properly and you still don't come out on top or the relationship still doesn't work out, you know? And what kind of bitter pill is that when you're, let's look at a world, let's look at Stipe. We're just fucking lost, man. The most decorated heavyweight of all time. Mm -hmm. And you just got knocked out. Like, is he sitting there blaming everybody else? Did he sit there and fucking blame his wife or his trainers or anybody else or did he push all that away no he said he deviated from the game plan hey i went in there and fucked up i'll be back like that's a mentality that you can only have through experience and hopefully you experience it from an age where it can become a part of your development and that's how you can like you can foster that throughout your life unfortunately a lot of people don't unfortunately a lot of people think that I mean, this is also kind of a, a deep dive topic, but a lot of people think that they deserve things. Hey, I earned this. I deserve this because That's, of the work ethic I put in. But then they have this misconstrued idea of what their work ethic is. They think that they're out here busting ass and and they're the best. And it's like, man, you're delusional. That's not the case, right? That's right. Let, let alone you, where you actually do. Let's say you are giving it 100% every single time. There's... 10 other people out there that are probably doing their 100% and are just more talented than you or quicker or faster or whatever the scenario is. you know, you just, it, it just is what it is. Like yeah. sometimes you just come up short. And, and people don't and like hearing And that. it may not be anyone's fault. It may, you can definitely improve upon yourself because there's you, the universe at play. Yeah. You could, you know, a tree could fall on you and you could die. You could have and started nobody else's fault. <laughs> you could have started your business last January and it could have been a recipe for success and then COVID happened and it failed. Who are you going to blame? Like, who are you going to just realize that things happen and that's that championship mindset of realizing like, okay, you know, I could have done this better. I could have done this better. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm going to take this with grace. I'm going to get back up, you know, and I'm going to just keep on rolling and I'm not going to let this like break who I am as a person. Like, I'm not going to, you know, some people they lose and then they like fall apart mentally. They're like, you know, they beat themselves up, what have you. 
that's the championship mindset is realizing like these failures they occur in life and i'm the learning opportunities learning opportunities you know man that's you're you're 29 how old are you 30 turned 27 in may you turned 27 in may yeah oh shit man Oh shit! I thought the ninety at the end of your. I thought you were older. So you fuck. You're gonna turn twenty seven. Okay, as a twenty seven year old, um, how do you feel about the future? I mean, I mean, optimistic. You know, it. I have to be like, uh, you know, that I don't doubt. I don't doubt that you're optimistic. That's. I mean, <laughs> I started it off with the your your positive attitude, yeah. right? But how do you feel? Let me actually hear like what you think the future does hold. Do you think? the current state of things and this is my illustration of the current state of things more chaos than order in my opinion i think that you know worldwide not just here in the in the u.s but worldwide yeah no doubt you know and that just may be a uh and i try to stay disconnected from the media as like a whole in terms of like movies and shit i try to stay pretty in touch with like news and and from that regard yeah you know, there's a lot of positive things that are going on, but if I'm looking at the state of the world in 2021, huh, I'd be surprised if we're doing this good in 100 years. I'll be I'll be surprised if we're doing this well in 100. Years. My my biggest concern is the environment. Like yeah. I'm, you know, you that's know, my you know primary me. concern. I'm big into the outdoors. I'm big into nature. I'm big into. Did you watch Seaspiracy? Honestly, no. And I and I to be honest, I'm... I think it's like I'm so I'm trying to not consume like i'm trying to be conscious of conscious okay. of what i consume so i might watch it at some point but right now i'm trying to you know consider do i have the capacity for yeah, this right yeah. now right so um you know that that's my biggest concern is like there are factors again outside of your control like you know you could build your home and then it could get destroyed in a flood or in a hurricane or something and you can you know you can invest in this and then uh, the economy collapses yeah, like yeah. you know am i optimistic yes i am and i'm i'm, I'm hopeful for like all the beautiful moments that ha- are yet to come i think um man if it, it like i don't want to i i recently watched the film the sound of metal i'm okay so you talk about capacity right so my thing with like movies and taking that stuff in is i i know that i'm gonna have to invest in it and a lot of times it's beyond the two-hour movie a lot of times it's me going psychological into it and going deep into it i was real tempted to watch that movie and i opted not to man i've spent hours thinking about that because it honestly touches sometimes you watch something and it's like dang this is my life right now (laughs) really you know it really is like it really yes, is and yes, so yes, i saw yes. that and it's almost like it happens by 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 like as a never miracle. on purpose yeah never it's on like purpose, a miracle bro. you watch man. something it's and it hits you yeah and it's just like oh man okay exactly what am i doing <laughs> but you know i feel like i had to watch that at the time i watched it and it just i was crying man oh yeah i yeah, was crying yeah. at the end and you know i one thing that in that film you know uh without spoiling it for anyone because i highly recommend it it was a beautiful film was like when you're saying like are you hopeful i think one thing that i took away from that was in the film you know uh the the main character um he loses his hearing and he goes to a home for the deaf where they teach you how to like acclimate there's a community there what have you they teach you sign language the whole nine it's very beautiful and one thing about that was you know he has his own uh problems that he has probably had his entire life right that he carried with him into this space 
uh, this community. And and again, I'm gonna not touch on it too much, but the the leader, the you know, of this community, says, you know, I think can see can see that this person needs more than just you know help dealing with you know being deaf a loss of hearing yeah. loss of hearing and he even says at the beginning like we're not trying to fix the like the hearing problem we're trying to fix like the, the mental, reaction well yeah. the mental problem this is what we're trying to fix yeah because there's a community here that almost doesn't even exist in most places like it's beautiful and so he tells him to go sit in his study and write just write write until you can't write anymore all I want you to do is sit there all day. That's your job, is to sit there and write. And, and you know, near the, the latter, you know, the later half of the film, he tells him, he says, you know, have you had a moment in this time that you've sat in my study? Have you had a moment of stillness? And, you know, the main character, he's listening attentively, and he goes, you know, when you're sitting there, with yourself, you know, that is the kingdom of God. When you're by yourself and you have almost like a moment of peace. Dang. And he goes, because the main character has this idea that nobody cares about him, that the world will go on without him. He, he lost his life through losing yeah. his hearing. He played, yeah. he was a drummer in a rock band, you know. He lost his love, like the love of his life in a way, like their their life. And he, you know, he has this like negative outlook and he said, you know, the world is a cruel, cruel place, and it it will go on without you. Oh yeah. He goes, but one thing you'll never lose is that peace within your own mind. And he goes, you know that that is like the most important thing you can have. And and that and I, I think can see it now, man. So yeah. many people I think need to realize it. You know, through whatever means, whether it's you know solitude, meditation, you know time outdoors. You know, sometimes we have to go through really traumatic experiences and losses to really, truly realize these lessons, these these life lessons. But I think the quicker that you realize that true, the true, I don't want to sound blasphemous, but the true kingdom of God, the true heaven, the true paradise on earth is peace within oneself. I mean, we can go down that rabbit hole because I feel like, you know, all, all things are... The, in my opinion, exists come from the mind, right? And yeah. I mean, we've created them, and I feel like there's, I do feel like the true God is the one that's in the mind, uh, in a weird way. But you know, I, I also think that there's the universe at play, and I think the there's, uh, without getting too deep into that rabbit hole, I think that there's something just we're not aware of that guides us in a way, or at least gives us resolve. And when I say it gives us resolve, I mean that there's this peace that we feel. And for a lot of people, it's the peace is experienced when there's this fulfillment or this answer or this conclusion, this realization. And then the reaction to that is this at peace feeling. Sometimes it's finding God. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's drugs. Sometimes it's finding the love. You know, everybody experiences it in their own way. But there's this, there's something that's happening. And what's happening is you're, you're experiencing this feeling that is, 
it's grace, it's it's God, it's something you may never experience again, but it is. It's this moment of whatever, clarity, whatever you want to call it, but you're only experiencing it, experiencing it within yourself. It's, it's not, you know, not, nobody's going into your body and making you experience in it, right? It could be somebody touching you. It could be, you might exp- you might be an evangelical and you can't, you know, you go to one of these weird Sunday sermons and the priest touches you and you felt the touch of God. But what it really is, is it's you and your mind and your body experiencing this thing, right? Right. And however profound it is on whatever level, it's 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 affecting you in this weird fundamental core way. And I think a lot of people strive for that in through certain means. I think they strive for it maybe going through church every Sunday. Maybe they hope one day they do hear God praying. I think a lot of people do search for things. Religion is a beautiful thing, man. It is. It's it a is. very beautiful thing. It I is. mean, I'm not religious, but it there's a lot of aspects that I admired tremendously, you know, and and like to add to what you're saying some people look for it in in relationships some people look for it in drugs you know i think in jobs and other it's fulfillment they're looking for a fulfilling experience and i think validation in a way too they are looking for that validation that that i worked for this and now i'm achieving it or i you know i sought god and now i feel god like i am one Mm -hmm. you know and i think that's what you know, religion kind of in a way, like you mentioned community, like that probably honestly speaks to the power of a tribe and a community mm-hmm. and cultures is if you are able to find one that is prosperous and one that does instill these values, like it isn't about the, at the end of it, it's not about the money that the culture makes or the materialistic things that the tribe has or the community has. It's about the fulfillment of the community are you a part of it do you have worth in the community mm-hmm. do you feel loved That's do what we you all have want. support like how important is support with things mm-hmm. you know like how many people experience things alone how many people experience what the guy in the sound of metal experienced and they don't have a community you know how many people experience losses of loved ones or you know job getting fired or losing the house or going through these traumatic things and they don't just have a support system they don't have someone to call and talk to yeah let alone god let alone some church or some some idea of everything's gonna be okay they don't even have someone to talk to about it yeah you know loneliness is a crippler people i think underestimate how impactful people experiencing loneliness is the elderly like how many people died alone in 2020 that's a fucking crazy thing to think about how many people saw their loved ones on an ipad for the last time that's some hard shit to deal with right and you have these people that that can't even fathom solving an issue alone let alone being able to have a support system with them or, or have this community environment with them and you wonder why people collapse mentally and emotionally and and individually like you wonder why people lose their shit because fucking life's hard man and unless you're touched on the head or met with some realization that it's all going to be okay or you are just this ball of matter that at the end no it doesn't even fucking matter the world is going to go on without you yeah mm-hmm. you're going to die and 
you're, you hope to make an impact where people talk about you for a while. Like, we're still talking about George Washington for whatever fucking reason, because he fucking had some sort of impact, but, you know, was that, why are we even talking about him? Was he a good person? Like, I think people also have this weird idea of what death and the afterlife is, and they have this, I'm afraid of dying, it's my biggest fear in the entire world, but... I'm going to have to eventually come to peace with it. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to eventually understand that it's just a part of life. It's part of the process. Yeah. It adds value to life. You it know, does. Like knowing that we're here for a very short time is what adds value. If we were, you know, beings of that live for eternity, things would matter not. Like nothing would mean anything, you know? Like knowing that, hey, you're here and every day is a gift. Like great, wake up and be grateful and love those around you and and be there for other people, you know, be there for other people, open your heart up and, and extend yourself because it's, it's free to love, you know, like people hold on to it. Like it's going like away, that. like it's free to love, you know, like, and, and that's the, you know, I understand we all have our, our experiences where we've been burnt and we've been betrayed and we've been hurt. And I can say I've had that more than most, to be honest, but like, you know, that, and, and to be honest, when I meet people that are really loving and really like just enlightened individuals they usually have had a lot of trauma in their life and it's almost like there's a connection with people that have dealt with those things that they fear so much and almost come out with like this attitude of like i'm gonna take advantage of every present moment and i'm gonna love people and i'm gonna really be the best person i can be because i think they realize that yeah they realize like what really matters is again it's this life is short i need to i need to give i need to give and you know it all comes back in the end it comes back and you know i don't know how realistic this outlook is on things but i've had this especially with the freeze man the freeze was fucking chaotic i know you said it was chaos for you too you fucking saw my place then i got covid like right after right yeah i was fucking in a hotel for a week shit was just kind of bananas but my perspective through it all for the most part was like could be worse like, it'd be a lot worse, you know? There are a lot of people, especially given the fucking freeze that we had. Like, I was calling people fucking the week after Valentine's Day, so the 22nd or whatever of, like, February to come and deal with my shit. And they were like, yeah, we'll be out there, like, end of March. Mm-hmm. Because there's thousands of people dealing with this of, shit. Yeah, and, like, could fucking be worse, man. Like, my whole house could be gone. But you like, have a house, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. could. Did, I couldn't have been home when this shit happened. Like, we, we were going to be homeless, go, man. We were going to go to lunch and happened to start laundry and that's what caused the issue and like we could have been gone like yeah. we could have not oh, been here true, yeah. there could have been fucking the dogs could have had a problem you know like there could shit could have been a lot worse and shit will get worse i understand that like in yeah. this present moment that's an i think another perspective people have to have like you can be you could be one of those people that rides a high all the time. You could be a movie star of fucking an affluent individual, someone that won the lottery, someone that just a drug addict, someone that just comes into money, someone that just in your own mind is living the high life all the time. Mm -hmm. That's frustrating. I think for a lot of people, because when hard times do come, you don't know how to react. You're not prepared. You don't have the mentally, you don't have the experience to mental fortitude to to navigate these situations and that's why i see a lot of people like i grew up and i I knew a lot of people who came from like really good homes you know they had money they were upper middle class they had the opportunity to go to college through their parents you know they had all these things and there's nothing wrong with that you know Um, but there were certain folks that like just didn't know how to deal with tough situations like they were almost like so taken care of and like so detached from like the world real world in certain ways that 
when they dealt with like hard situations, they fell apart. They don't even know where to begin. They don't even, yeah. And so, you know, I see them now and like, you know, you know, not that there's always an opportunity to turn your life around. Always. Every day always. you wake up, there's, it's a chance. No matter how down in the hole you think you are, you can always climb back up. Always. And, but sometimes I, I see people who I was like envious of in high school, man. I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't able to drive. I didn't have a car. My family was, you know, not well off in that time. And, uh, you know, I was jealous of friends who had vehicles. I was jealous of all these things, you know, and I felt very, I, I it was my first bout with depression at that age, you know, 16. And then now I look back and I see a lot of these kids that I was jealous of and, and not all of them, right? And but some of them are just like they're at home at their parents' house now and they're just smoking weed all the time and they're hanging out and like again, not to judge, but you know, you think like, man, like, you know, I I thought you know, you could have gone to college and or you could have done this or you could have done that and and it's like those per those people were so well taken care of that I don't think they push themselves to maybe do more. And if that's what makes them happy, hey, by all means, like yeah, you're yeah. not hurting anyone, by all means. But you know, again, you had opportunities, more opportunities that that's why we, when we talk about people that come from like struggle and they come from, they see the opportunity and everything. They don't see the challenge and everything. Mm. And so that's why those people have those like great stories to tell where they came up from nothing because they took opportunities that other folks may not have seen as such. They might've seen them as such challenges because they weren't the path. They weren't the path of least resistance, you know? Opportunities over obstacles almost. Yeah. Like you have the option to, to view the, let's use a hurdle, right? I mean, I think people think of hurdles and like a track star running over them, right? But yeah, you're either going to not jump over it or you're going to jump over it. Mm -hmm. Every hurdle is going to get higher. They're going to get closer, whatever the challenge you're is. You're going right? to trip and you're going to fall. And it's going to hurt and you're going to. <laughs> you have to get up, you know. Yeah, man. Or you can, I mean, or you can not do it, and you could just stay where you're at. And, um, you know, that's a weird mindset to have to. And le and let's be real, we're not judging. You talk about the people you were jealous of, like right. you had that perspective of jealousy or envy or whatever that was yeah. when you were 16 because of your 16 years of existence and whatever that formulated from. Of course, yeah. You know, and that's not to say again that those people aren't happy. But yeah. to go back and even have that contrast of what you were jealous of or what your idea of, of man, I wish I had that at where, 16 where I thought or happiness worth was gonna be happiness, yeah. your idea of value and success, yeah. making it. Uh, and as a high schooler, man, who doesn't have, who doesn't daydream all day as a fucking 16 year old, right? Everybody. And, I mean, everybody. I daydream and, all day now. <laughs> like, you know, you yeah, know? it's normal. You know, you go, uh, we're all like narcissists in a certain way at that teenage phase. And we all look around us and want more. Like, you know, we want what, what is outside of ourselves because we have those hopes that we will get those things that we think are happiness. Like, right. Like happiness is that vacation in Hawaii. Happiness is that, you know, expensive sports car. Happiness is that, you know, beautiful uh, partner, you know, that has, that will, you know, and it's always like searching for happiness on the other side, you know, and and that's where, that's where the real disappointment comes in. That's where the unhappiness comes mm. in because there's always more. You can get the nice car. You're never fulfilled. You'll you're never constantly fulfilled. making it a, a higher, yeah, you're, yeah, you're, you're never meeting quota or whatever. You exactly, never. exactly. Wow, that's a that's an ironic way to put things into perspective, actually. Yeah. But uh, so, what's what's next for you, man? What I know, you said to kind of like have an outlook of the future, and I mean, obviously, your outlook is is going to be a, an optimistic one. But yeah, what do you actually? What are you? Do you have plans? Do you have like a next one to five year thing you want to achieve? 
go to any next big moves you staying in austin i know that that's kind of a yeah austin in 2021 is so much different than it was in 2018 2019 even yeah. when you we know? meet 2016 2017 yeah, maybe man, so yeah. yeah and um i mean you know i, I love this place uh, but i don't know i think that there's something freeing and just being and finally i think like not being tied to one place um per se but my biggest plan honestly is to just continue to one thing that i'm really finding a lot of value in is reading um man like you know you learn so much it's you're you're having this conversation that's unpolluted like with the author and with all this like i'm just gaining so much more perspective on life through reading and it's you know it's a healthy way of like you know having almost like a social time time. yeah Yeah, yeah. spending time so that's that's one thing i'll always i think continue to do is just continue to be a student um what i want to do is um man i want to you know i haven't really gotten to spend much time with my parents in the last year given the circumstances i want to spend more time with them i want to i want to just appreciate the moments more i think that's just I don't want to set myself at this bar that I need to like do this and that because the truth is like if you just continue to work on the small things the bigger things will kind of fall into place um and there is like right now the biggest thing that was the Bob Ross quote where he used to he would start small in the painting he's like but don't worry it'll get it'll become a thing and that's the whole thing you're kind of Mm -hmm. just making smudges right now but the goal is it's working towards something bigger and you may not even know what it is yet. You might still need to, you might change the tree five times or add different shades to the tree yeah. a couple different times. But the point is it's going to make a picture at the end. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what we got to know how to paint before you make the fucking, uh, you know, landscape. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I just want to continue to have a good, me- I think mental health is the most valuable thing to me. I just want to appreciate time with like these, these great people that I've, you know, that around me, I want to... What are your tricks, man? Because, again, that's... And we talked about what kind of formed the Olivas that is before us and what kind yeah. of made that. But what are your go-tos when you are feeling stressed, when you are feeling overwhelmed, when, you know, mm-hmm. a curveball is thrown your way? What are your go-tos to kind of rebalance and reset? Of realign yourself so you're not, yeah. you know, overwhelmed, stressed out? Yeah. Uh, to be honest, like, I think uh, everybody could benefit from spending some time outside. Like... You know, with no expectations. Especially now, when everybody's you, made to stay inside. Yeah, it would, you know, clarity. It doesn't cost you anything to go to the park, lay on the grass and like breathe, yep. control your breathing. Give yourself a moment of like clarity. Give yourself like some love. Don't be so hard on yourself and, and really just think about like, okay, you know, a lot of things are overwhelming, but I can work on a couple things and, and you know, I can get through today and, and tomorrow will be a brand new day. It will be a little bit brighter, you know, like. I think that that's, uh, to put it simply, that's just the most important thing is maybe go for a walk, maybe go, like you really just have to, I think also sometimes like, this is a big thing, um, you can't have more things come into your life if you don't have room for them. Like we really need to create room for more and better things to come into our lives. Like you need to air out, you need to clear the room, you need to you need to have the capacity to accept new whatever it might be into your life. So going like you know going out of your way to not clutter your mind not having like information overload we gotta like sometimes it's 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 not about getting new things not about getting that new book it's about or getting that new what have you the new job like you know um it's about letting go of certain things like habits like stop drinking as often maybe or stop smoking weed or stop hanging out with toxic people or or maybe just don't watch as much tv get off your phone for a day you know and it's it's 
to be realistic, you can't just cold turkey all these things. You need you to, you can't be hard on yourself in that way. You have to realize, okay, today I'm going to create a little bit of space Takes for discipline. myself. Discipline, yeah. uh, accountability, right? All these things we yeah. discussed already. It's nuance to, to these things. Something that stuck with me, you told me when we were working together, man, so this is a couple years ago at least. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about um, like side hustles and how everybody's got to try to have like a side hustle or some, you know, other thing they're trying to accomplish. And what you said stuck with me. You said, I'm going to fuck it up, but you you were just so adamant about not needing a side hustle. You were like, I don't get it. I don't understand why everybody's trying to be an entrepreneur or everybody's trying to have a side hustle right now. Why don't people just try to take care of themselves? Mm-hmm. Or why don't t- people take more time for themselves is something along those lines. Yeah. And it stuck with me because we're in a uh, sales industry in the sales world and we're very business oriented. Yeah. And at the time you were very, you were on the way up the ladder to where you're you're at now, right? Mm-hmm. And you were very, I think, optimistic and uh, you, just same attitude you've had. And I, I will, you know, I, I gave you compliments at the beginning of the of the episode, but you know, I've seen you grow. I have seen you frustrated, and I have seen you in situations where you were deterred or you were uh, maybe demotivated or whatever it is, right? And that's just yeah. the path. That's just the, we've experienced that in each other, no doubt. Yeah. And at that time. I was, in my eyes, perceiving an Olivas as a a go-getter, which you are, but I, I had a different idea of you. I thought you were someone that probably did have a side hustle or two, or probably was taking every new opportunity that came your way, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that I've had to learn over the last couple of years is just to say no to things, mm-hmm. you know, regardless of how fun the opportunities, I need to be realistic with myself. I've yeah. had to say no to some cool opportunities and, but hindsight, it's like, man, I'm glad I didn't take that on. Cause that would have been something else on my plate that maybe wouldn't have gotten a hundred percent. You know, that would have been something else on my plate that maybe wouldn't have, you know, with school, with work, with all these other things that are going on, would yeah. I have really put in everything I needed to for that? You yeah, know, that's a good point. And when you initially had said that, it kind of took me back because again, I was surprised. I was expecting an Olivas to have four or five things, but you've always had this appreciation for taking care of like the number one you, right? Taking care mm-hmm. of the the self and. I think nowadays that is something that our culture does breed. It does breed this, hey, if you want to make it, you have to go after it every single day. Get up. You know, to your <laughs> to your comment of every day is a new day to take advantage of an opportunity. Like, yeah, yeah the shark, the salesman, the you got to get up and fucking go, man. You better, uh, early bird, you better fucking get on those calls. You better start reaching out, networking, sending those emails. Out, you everything. better fucking go hustle, man. Yeah. Get up. Don't waste the day. Hey, sometimes going and getting it is fucking sleeping in sometimes going and getting it is taking care of the body and the mind and i'm not saying sleeping every day i'm not saying the key to success is sleeping in but sometimes that self-care that time to just disconnect and soak in a bath and you know journal read escape without escaping or escaping right without without actually getting away but you are taking that time to reach that clarity you're getting that peace you're Mm -hmm. that silence that hey how many times have you been able to just sit in a room right and then just completely disconnect and isolate yourself like Mm -hmm. sometimes that is necessary because you need to replant the seed of optimism or replant the seed of of 
you know, motivation, whatever it is, inspiration, you need to find that within yourself. Not everybody can always be at a level 10. Yeah. And It'll it stuck with out. me. And I repeat that. I repeat yeah. what you said that there that you said that as best as I can, that it's, it's not about, yeah, you don't have to do everything. You can, you can, you can dial things back as long as you're being mindful and giving all your attention to those things right and yeah. like hey we do have capacity man yeah i don't watch because i and that's something that i guess i've learned is if anything i know when to recognize the signs of maybe when i'm taking on too much or when mm-hmm. i you know i do have the time for this new opportunity or this new challenge or i do have you know the time to take this on or i don't have the time to take this on but i at least have the wherewithal to say you know at least think of those things because how many times do we just want to keep taking things on because we do feel unbeatable or we do feel like we can't be stopped and we just take on all these new challenges and before we know it we're over our head we're in over our heads and we're fucking drowning yeah i mean you don't want to uh you feel like you'll fall behind almost it's this feeling of like if i or you're fomo you're gonna miss out on something exactly i mean you see that in people you know in their early 20s all the time like it's like i have to be at every party i have to be at every event i have to be at every you're gonna miss out you're gonna miss out on a detail yeah a a life-changing event and it's like sure but you know exactly exactly what you're saying like you know you 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 can't you know the, the analogy you can't pour from an empty cup like I've, mm. I've met a lot of like really hardworking people, you know, and that like they just take on so much, but it is overwhelming. You do get to a point where you, you know, you have like all these projects going on and you can't do 100% on all these projects. You can only do so much because you're trying to, you know, uh, you're trying to juggle all these different things. And and I think, you know, what we need is balance. Like what we need and, and having that in that self knowledge of knowing like you said how much can i actually manage within my time like um it, it, that creates for a much better outcome for yourself you shared the story uh that you and your your uh neighbor were talking and he's a therapist and he was mm-hmm. talking telling you about the businessman that did the ayahuasca and had like yeah. that could very well be a result of having too much on your plate you know mm-hmm. and you've I mean, psychedelics are going to open you up to a new conscious level you're not familiar with, especially if you don't do it all the time. And now you're now you're going down this rabbit hole where you're doing it all the time. You know, you're probably you're probably getting a, a little taste of the chaos that's in your life in the form of not oh, having yeah. personal time. Not you know, you said that he was a successful businessman and had a wife and some kids and a marriage, and he was kind of living the life. And hey you know we there is a point where there's always a point where we need to set sit back and reassess things right mm-hmm. it's always important to uh rebuild restart not rebuild but just have that detached perspective where like okay is the house clean like if, if i am like trying to put it in a weird way like is the house clean is it fucking empty ready to go in case somebody comes over right now is it clean is it is it good okay cool yeah like you can at least reset there or is the room clean as long as my bed's made as long as the room's clean i can start that's something i learned through my recent quarantine is like especially with this like we've got this now you think the how it, it's clean compared to what it was right like yeah. it's chaos in my house right now but we fucking the dead plants that you saw are the ones that are still alive. Like we've went and cleaned all the fucking dead plants out of the yard, all the yeah. backyard. Like that was our cha- And I 
fucking appreciated the importance of like just having a clean house for mm. in comparison right like yeah man it's a lot easier and then we were like hey we're just gonna fucking clean fucking bi-weekly make sure that we so we when we do have the clean day it doesn't take us six hours to have the clean day right it doesn't, yeah. to put that into a greater analogy when you do have that mental break that people do have because i think everybody experiences a mental break from time to time yeah are you experiencing one where it's a thousand things being compiled onto you mm. and you don't even know where to begin yeah or are you just behind on like three things right and that's when you know again we talk about the people that are in their 40s that didn't get to party and now all of a sudden they want to party because they've taken on responsibilities for the last 20 years of their lives yeah. and they don't know what freedom tastes like yeah you know and god forbid one of those people's running the company you work for yeah <laughs> and you're fucking making, or it's your parent or it's your parents or it's your partner or it's yeah. you or it's god you. forbid it's fucking you yeah you know and you're not ready for it because it's it's you've just been accustomed to living in the fast lane your whole life or mm. not dealing with problems or listening to others and, and living to their expectations so you do everything that other folks have said in front of you you know and and then you realize i didn't do anything that would make me happier i didn't do anything that i wanted to do i just wanted to make my parents happy i wanted to make my partner happy i wanted to make my friends happy and then you get to this point where you realize that you, know, you just can't hold up the facade anymore you just can't you 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 have to do something you know that like the ground shakes and and people kind of like you know they might do something drastic and and unfortunately they like we said they have responsibilities to so many people and it might hurt some folks it might mess some things up in their life you know um, and how many people are experiencing that for the first time how yeah. many people have never you know are in their 30s and have never experienced job loss or mm. you know struggle mm. or how many people were cushioned up until the pandemic and then their fucking parents died or their parents took care of them and now all of a sudden they don't have that mm. like and that's like you said we're all going to experience the worst day ever at some point yeah. some of us are going to have a lot of worst day ever yeah unfortunately yeah. um but they might not be as bad given the experiences that one could have if we were a little bit more mindful a little bit more in tune with the reality of the world you know which i think is suffering it is loss it is grief it is a lot of pain yeah but at the same time it is happiness it is love it Joy. is great experiences it is a good party with your friends yeah laughter having a good time it's a still morning watching the the sunrise it's, it's you know the birds reading it's a book reading a book but if you can't take the time to appreciate those those things for what they are and what you know if, if you can really sit back and enjoy a book and fuck i love reading books and really experience that yeah to its peak mm-hmm it'll help you get through the worst day ever yeah because that worst day ever is gonna hurt mm -hmm. and it is to you the worst day ever this is the worst i've ever felt i lost a loved one yeah, i lost a parent valid. i got dumped this is the worst i've ever felt mm -hmm. the deepest valley i've ever been in mm -hmm. but you've also been at that highest peak and luckily that highest peak came in a real simple thing waking up on like a nice sunny day reading a fucking good book yeah having a nice conversation with like a stranger yeah and it's a lot easier to bounce back from that worst day ever when it is a nice book that puts you on that peak mm -hmm. it is just a good walk 
maybe taking care of a loved one, hanging out with a friend that puts you on that peak because yeah. it's a lot easier for you to get back to that peak, right? Like let's think if you if you're hiking every day and you get up to that fucking beautiful peak and it's easy for you, you're going to get up there the next day a lot easier. Yeah. You know, but if you've never experienced that or you've never made that climb, mm. you may never experience that high. Yeah. And that that is the I guess the nuance to it all is that it's it's how you I guess really choose to take these experiences you know and back to that positive mindset man it's I think it is a lot easier for people to just see the the doom and gloom and things and it takes a a, it takes someone I think that's been dealt some shitty hands to really or not shitty hands but tough experiences to to really appreciate the positivity that is those new opportunities every day the contrast like when you when you've dealt with a lot of terrible things you really appreciate the really good things a lot more because you that contrast is just a perspective just that you know that's so powerful and you know um what was i gonna say i i really think that like we're talking about you know the uh the winter storm that happened here and you know one thing that really gave me a lot of like hope after the pandemic which i felt like kind of showed us how terrible some folks can be was how helpful and how kind the community can be and how much a friend might go out of their way to help you and those were the things that really gave me just like a lot of hope it was just like you know um it was really it was it was great um and and it really just reaffirmed my faith in humanity a lot and you know the truth is like it's important to i think have a positive mindset but you have to like it, it it's valid to feel sad it's valid to oh yeah feel devastated i think you have to sit with your emotions but i think if i had any advice for anybody if anyone's going through anything is don't run from it like you like i would self-medicate in the past with like marijuana or some folks might do that with alcohol or some folks might do that with something else like these are band-aids these are ways that we're escaping the lesson that we have to learn and it might be devastating it might be just emotional and maybe we don't want to feel these things but we i think we have to i think you have to it's the hardest thing to fight when you are like you know when people are like i i oh, i need that cigarette i need that drink mm-hmm. i need that you know what it might what it might be like you have that's such a fight but you have to like have that clear mind and really sit with your feelings and really feel things out and it's not going to be easy. It's, you're not going to be positive that day. No, like, but you know, the it's next day, the day after you might come to a better place where you might, you have to get these feelings out of you. One thing that I dealt with growing up a lot was I didn't cry for like a lot of my youth. I dealt, I grew up in a very rough neighborhood. You know, I grew up in a place where like, there was a lot of like, you know, just toxic things, toxic mas- masculinity or all these things I could go into, right? And I couldn't show my emotions. Like yeah, you, you yeah. had to, it was weakness. And, you know, I wouldn't like, and, and it was so problematic for myself because then I, I was dealing with all these things that I, it, it came out as anger. I was angry. I was angry at the world. For You're my an emotional person. Yeah. And in general, and I mean, it's clear that you are, but that's the fact that it's coming out as anger is that's just another emotion. Yeah. You're just not allowed to cry. You're not yeah. allowed to show the sad emotion, right. the the emotion of like being upset and crying, but you're still showing an emotion, which is anger. Especially as young as young boys and young men, we're not taught how to really manage our emotions well. And I think I had a really like a really powerful moment. Like literally I didn't cry from probably God knows, like probably when I was around like 
seven or eight up until like I was in like my early teens, like I didn't cry. Yeah. And I thought like, this is how it is. Like I have to be tough, I have to be strong. And I remember one day I just broke, it was like, you know, the dam builds with water and it breaks. And you just like, you just fall apart. And then God, it makes the you weight. feel. Yeah. It gets lifted, dude. The, the weight river, after that cry. Yeah, that river is free to flow and, <sighs> and it carries away all these things that you have built up over years of repressing your feelings. And and then I was like, oh my God, this is what I needed. And, and it made me have a more healthy outlook on like the self, you know, like, you know what? Like I don't, and, and you know, it, it, you think it's you weakness have, by repressing these feelings. It's not like it's power. It, yeah, it's 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 like you have this, like well, not a superpower, but like a. You have to, yeah, being able to be okay with feelings and being okay with, like that. That's where power comes from, right? Yeah. Like, like it's weak to to repress these feelings. It's weak to to think that you know you're going to be able to just tough out every situation. That's mm-hmm. that's not the case. Like. You know, unfortunately, like I think for a lot of people, you know, like we that's that's how we're raised, man. You know, like our parents men especially. Our, Let's be, yeah, 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 yeah. And and it's our parents, they tried their, their best, you know, all of our parents try their best, but I think when you get to like our age and you're like, damn, our kid they had kids at this age? What? Do and you say I mean, it's really easy to say, man, our parents tried our best, but if you put it in the perspective of like, yeah, I I look back at my dad and or at least what I think was my dad, but I look, he had me when he was 32. I'm fucking 33 right now. If I had a kid right now, <laughs> disaster, bro. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? And yeah. he had to do that in the nineties. Right. What? In yeah. the eighties, have a fucking yeah. kid. And like, and how their parents were. Yeah, bro. And like I, my sisters on this, she did ancestry and she's finding out all this shit about our dad and yeah. like that whole side of the family. But and like that's a struggle for her because mm-hmm. she was younger when my parents got divorced and, and she experienced that a little bit differently mm-hmm. but she's I think finding clarity in that because she's realizing how fucking weird his childhood and upbringing was and she's learning a lot of that about through his family and yeah. things like that and it's like you you learn to you know I had this grudge with my dad for a long time and I hated yes, him and all these yeah. repressed feelings and emotions and couldn't mm-hmm. cry and couldn't none of this shit felt so good the day that I reached out to him and was just like, hey, man, I just wanted to say hi, see how you were. Yeah. Like, I, you know, no long-winded. I didn't have to give him any type of weird explanation or validation. It was just a gesture that I made because I was like, hey, I'm, I'm okay to do this now. I, as a, as a man, as an adult, as your son, as whatever, mm-hmm. I can reach out. I'm over it. Like, all I took that effort. It's, it's, whether or not it's reciprocated, that's fine. Right. But at least I'm at peace with that, you know? And it's this... It's and she's learning that through realizing how he was brought up and yeah. like his childhood and all you can do is sit back and like, at least acknowledge that, hey, you were also a thirty year old with experiences that was only Your dealt the traumas, hand you got. Yeah. yeah, man, you you were only working with the tool set you were given. You know, as, as I can't blame you for that. I can't blame no. your parents for that. It's just what it is. You know, as kids and as uh, teens, I think we we blame our parents for so many things. I know I did. I was not the best, you know, kid like most people can relate to. But and we you know we resent them in certain ways. But then as you grow older, I think you learn to understand them and you learn to forgive them. I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. We have to, you know, uh, when when we have these experiences within our parents, you have to. I think hopefully you get to a point where you can forgive them. And then you can love them and you can rebuild relationships. Hopefully, you know, if you if you're lucky enough that your parents are still alive and that they might still be in your life and maybe it doesn't work out that way. But it's for your own health. I think you have to 
you have to, like you said, you have to reach that point where you can say, hey, I don't need this reciprocated. I just want to reach out to you. Like, I just want yeah. to, you know. The, yeah, you know, and it's, I mean, there's probably a little bit of a, of a self-righteous feeling there too for a lot of people, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how many people are reaching out because, well, just so they can say that they were the better man, right? But, mm-hmm. and, that, and that's a deep thing too. But I think the importance in understanding this we're we're almost we're like creating these weird obstacles for ourselves that aren't necessary and you talk about like forgiveness like forgiveness going back to the bible again we're not religious people but you know how important is forgiveness in the story of like the bible and faith and being able to just like be at peace with things that were done to you done to your family like to be able to forgive is such a powerful thing mm. but really all forgiveness is is that perception there that perspective shift it's yeah. being able to understand why somebody did something and being able to then be at peace with it you know you don't it's not that you're condoning it it's not that you know when a parent is able to forgive someone that killed their child it's it's not that they're condoning it or that they're okay with it right but it's that they're there's no longer a reason for them to be begrudged by that they're they're not angered by by that person anymore they're probably still angered at the fact that their child's not there or that yeah. the circumstances are the way that they are 100 percent. but they're not mad at that person anymore you know they understand that it's not that person that did that it's every other fucking possible calculation of circumstances and results that made that person commit a terrible act you know it you it's for your own self it's for the, like the closure of grieving you know you have to yeah you have to let go it's like the the analogy the of like go. the dam breaking yeah, yeah you have to let go there's so many things you can hold grudges you can be an angry person and be mad but you won't truly find peace until you let go you have to let go of these things you have to realize like i the most important thing is moving on with my life and doing better in my situations. Like, what did I learn from the way that my parents raised me? And that, how can I use that to be a better parent when that opportunity arises? Like, how can I be a better partner, a better friend, a better stranger, you know? Um, Dang, a better stranger. That's powerful too, man. Because, I mean, how many people do let just people they don't even know dictate their lives you know how many yeah. times do you get cut off and now you have a fucking bad day because somebody cut you off i mean it's yeah. deeper than that you know i i don't <laughs> think tony robbins is waking up and getting pissed off because somebody cut him off but you know the person that fucking fucked off yesterday is definitely getting pissed off the person that instead of getting home and having their life in order fucking you know caused some chaos and now they're late to work and because mm. someone cut them off they're you know it's just again man all these circumstances and weird like, I don't know, life's fucking weird, bro. It's so weird. Yeah. I didn't expect to get this fucking deep, man, but I'm almost glad we did because I, I did want to, you know, I didn't necessarily know how your year went, uh, you know, and, and I think that for everybody it was a struggle. And yeah. I don't think anybody got through unscathed. I think we talked about us having a pretty decent year for the most part. And, you know, uh, I don't know if everybody feels that way, but, I I think it's important to hold on to like some hope and I think that's important to have I hate saying 
like a positive attitude because I feel that that's just, it's more than that. It's more than just being positive, but there's like a, there's something that comes from positivity and we've both worked with individuals in the past that just tend to be on the negative side of things and tend to be on the, uh, pessimistic side of things. And that's just, there's no hope in that. And if there's anything that I say, or that I think comes from positivity, it's hope. Yeah. You know, like you're choosing to have hope. You're choosing to have an outlook on things that regardless of how they might look, you see some sort of opportunity or light in that. You see some sort of good that can come from a situation. It's not all bad. It's not the end of the world. You see something. It could be a sliver, a crack, a a dent of hope, but you're still able to see it where other people won't see it. You know, And that gives you an advantage. Yeah, Whoever has that, they have an advantage. I want to end on on this, which is uh, in terms of positive thinking. Positive thinking, I don't think is... Like me and you uh, seeing each other and you saying like, man, I'm going through a lot of really tough things. You know, this happened and this happened. And then me being like, yeah, man, but just be positive about it. It'll get better. It'll get better, dude. Like it could be worse, you know, like and then you're just invalidating these person's emotions. And I think that's that's where you do it wrong. Right. And I'm sure a lot of people you could read articles about that online. But like you really have to positive thinking is what you do within yourself. Like when you deal with these challenges, you have to. Um, realize what do we all we want love we want quality time with people we want to be appreciated we want to be seen we want to be acknowledged we want to be affirmed yeah we want to be heard like you want all these things for yourself and i think everyone wants that like most everyone wants that and what you do when you have these habits of saying negative things or of you know gossiping or anything like that you know uh having that like type of uh violent communication with others it really Mm. is a violent communication and like when you have that you're pushing people away you make people not want to talk to you anymore you make people not want to they're not happy to see you anymore oh here comes you know brian he has something yeah exactly and it's like you don't want that so a lot of people aren't self-aware enough to realize that they're doing these things where they're you know and that's what causes a lot of people to give up on you you know to to walk away from a friendship or relationship they might be like they don't want to tell you that directly because they care about you they like you but you do this so often, you unload on them. You you share. You you don't appreciate them. You they you know you just want to tell them all your problems, but you don't actually like give them love and all these things that I mentioned. Like they're they're gonna just slowly want to like slip away, and then you're gonna be mad at them. You're gonna be resentful. Why did you leave me, man? Why did you not hang out with me? Why didn't you invite me to this thing? Why aren't you my friend? Why didn't you you know? And then you just blame them, and you're in this cycle where you don't realize like this person wants to love you. People want to see you succeed. People want to see you rise above like that's what people want nobody meets someone and says i want to see you fail they want you to be successful in what you're doing but what you give others is is so important if you if you give others hope if you give others love if you give others attention you're gonna get that back and if you don't get that back well guess what then it might not be the relationship that you need at that time and that's not to say you're 100 correct that's not to mean that you have to give it's not like saying oh i have to go out of my way to give you love or give you hope right it what it is is it's if you don't breed that and what i mean by that is if you don't just i understand if that's not what comes out in your actions and in your attitude people pick up on that 
right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that, oh, Olivas has to come in and give me a bunch of, uh, you know, love and attention. So I feel supportive. But if you are just in your actions, when I see you and you go, hey, man, how's your day going? And I see that attitude about you or, you know, I see in your actions that you're compassionate, that you care, that you're willing to help. Mm-hmm. I, I don't need to see that in any other way because it's in your actions, yeah. right? But when it is negative constantly, when it is this downside to things, again, that people pick up on that. And it's it almost sucks because we are in a... It is, again, if if... How much easier is it to have a response of when you come up and go, man, my day was shitty and this and that. And you go, yeah, man, that does kind of suck, right? Instead of actually sitting back and, you know, hey, man, like, are you are you feeling okay? Like, what can I do just in this moment to make you feel better? Yeah, can we do like, something to like maybe, yeah. you know, like and that's how you show that you care. You can say, hey, you know, you want to go for a walk? You want to go get a coffee or something? Like, you That's another your- crazy thing, too. People can be negative and the way you respond could be the affirmation to their negativity, too. I mean, yeah. that is, a, you know, think about how many times someone's come to you with a negative attitude towards things and you're just like, yeah, man, people suck. And like you think you're just like getting through the conversation or yeah. getting over it. But then what you said just reaffirmed that, yeah, people do suck. And now they went from ha- being at a seven to a nine because yeah. you just reaffirmed it. Yeah. We're, we're all leaders in our own lives even if we don't realize it it's a responsibility we all have um, we lead ourselves you know we lead others around us we lead our friends our loved ones I think that's that's the uh, the burden we bear when we're born you know we, we have our responsibilities we're born into and you know what that is you can see it as a curse you can see it as a blessing because now you have the ability to create you know love for other people like so I think that that's the most like you were saying like you, you you always have a decision to make when you're meeting people. I've worked on that. I've had to work on that. I'm working on that a lot. Like, I don't you think know, we ever stop working on it, man. Because exactly. we have bad days still. Of you know, course, you'll wake you know? up and have a bad day and not want to talk to somebody. And when you, know? you ha- and when you have good friendships, they allow you to to right. Like if you are there for people in a certain way, when you have bad days, they're there for you. They don't give up on you. They the say, oh God, this person's hitting rock bottom again. I'm gonna leave. Like they're gonna be like. Hey, I'm here for you, man. Like, That's you know, the compassion. That's yeah. A, yeah, you know, now they have capacity to, to really like, you know, have a a deeper relationship with you, and to really say, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm here for you, man. Like, what do you need as a friend? You know, um, I think that's the, and that's the benefit that you get from being, from opening yourself up to to other people, and like, you know, like you were saying, um, I think there is a lot of really empathetic, really loving, really kind people in this world, and they get taken advantage of a lot by others. I think one thing that those people, they almost have the opposite problem. They have to learn to say no to certain things. They have Mm. to know to speak up for themselves and what they want. And they also have to realize that, you know, like you can't pour from an empty cup. You need to pour when your cup is overflowing because otherwise you get drained, you know? Yeah, man, you can't be, you know, you said it a second ago, like if, if, if uh, you're saying something or you're saying something negative and I'm reaffirming it, but I may not be intentionally trying to reaffirm it. Right. Mm -hmm. The, the dichotomy of us being fucking leaders and and also followers in the same way but you know we actually have that choice as you said to to react the way that we do and and respond to people the way that we want to respond but again i think we have this weird idea of how we almost anticipate people to respond and react and where do we go from there like how do you expect if you're giving someone the hard honest truth and you think you're coming from a good place 
and you know you have this capacity within you to now be vulnerable right but what if they're drained what if they're not ready to hear it 100 percent. and you think you're doing the right thing and their response isn't matching up to what your reality is yeah. or what you're thinking or reality isn't matching up to what your idea of how it's supposed to be yeah you know those people that are on the receiving end of that they they're the drained ones they don't have the capacity for it anymore they're mm-hmm. almost the hardest ones to get back on that positive end mm-hmm. because they have been taken advantage of so many times mm-hmm. they have been the ones that have uh you know thought that they were being so impactful and and so helpful and yet everybody now all of a sudden doesn't give a shit or, or they don't have the time for them when they need it that's another thing too like we didn't even talk about that but what happens when you're the person that is positive all the time and is the one that's being affirmative and, and supportive and then you need it and those people that you were there for don't know because that happens too oh, yeah. you can't always expect people to respond the same way like we we hope that if you give love and give support and give compassion people are going to be that way back to you but hey there's shitty people in the world too well even people who care about you you know it might go it might go it might, it might be missed and that, that's that's yeah. exactly right you know like not think, intentionally either right we yeah just may miss it we they, just may not yeah. know man hey I, you have other stuff going I on i should have reached out you're right i'm sorry fuck i feel bad about it but it's too late at this point you know y- you know i uh, man i think about how some of the most positive people can be some of the most depressed people it's like they put up this like fake curtain you know i had a uh, man it, it it that's something that i've given a lot of thought to like but i think at the end of the day is is you know again you just gotta love people you gotta like you were saying, you you have to just do your best. Do your best to to be a good person. You're gonna fail. I'm gonna make mistakes tomorrow, no doubt, right? Like, but at the same time, like I think the key to this, if I were to tell my younger self, is give yourself a moment to think before you respond. Give yourself the time. Mm. Like sometimes, you know, we're so quick to just give the answer that our brain comes up with. Take a moment, like really think things out, and that happens to people when they. They're like people pleasers, right? They, they just say yes, yes. Hey, do, can you do this for mm, me? Yes. Mm. Give yourself a moment. You know, you could respond with something as easily as like, you know, can I have a moment to think about that? Like that's a non... Give me a sec. Yeah, give me a sec to think about that. Like that's a good way to respond to something without feeling like you're just saying no, but it's a it's, you're honoring yourself. You have to do that. Mm. You have to say, okay, let me think about what the best thing to respond to this is or the best action to take. And so I think that's the most important thing we can't change habits overnight. You have to really just like be conscious, conscious of what you're going to say, what you're going to do. Um, create space, create space in your mind to, um, you know, to to make the right decision. Otherwise, you get swept up in that river, and you know, like, I think we can all relate to uh, days where you don't feel you feel like the day just happened to you. <laughs> you know, yeah, man. you know, and that's normal. But you know, like that's that's the key to. To ensuring that you're okay is is creating a little bit of space whenever you can. Um, you know that's a key to meditation. They say is creating space between your life and your thoughts and and what's going on. You know, like just the create, ability to not think about anything it, is is what. Yeah, like, I mean, you you can't control your you can't say brain don't think because that's wrong. That's you're forcing something on yourself and that's the wrong way to go about it. You you're thinking to, about not thinking when exactly. you, the point and is you're not supposed to think. Pressure creates anxiety. Yeah. Like you're like, oh God, I, I'm doing this wrong. Yeah. You have to realize like I can, creating that space for yourself, creating a room, breathing, focusing on something that you can control. You're breathing, focusing on an anchor, like, uh, you know, like your love for yourself, something happy, you know, what have you. And I think that's, 
that's something simple that we, you know, I, I hope that I can teach my kids. I hope that, you know, we can all do for each other because it's going to make the world a better place. Powerful way to end it, man. Do you want to uh, give out social medias? Have people, are you still doing like your photography and stuff that you were for a yeah. while? Are you, do yeah, you yeah. share any of that? Um, if you have it on you. Yeah, it's uh, Olivas uh, underscore Orozco, my, my last names. Cool. So. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do a photo and, and share that out, man. So mm-hmm. people check that out. Did you want to uh, cover anything else be, before we wrap up, man? No, no. Yeah. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, I couldn't have gone, in my opinion, any better, man. I think we touched on uh, all the things that I wanted to get out of you, definitely. Um, your ideas about life, your opinions on it. Um, uh, I, I do think that there's more to be more to be said uh just because i think we can go down a shit ton of rabbit holes man and i think we have a lot of great topics to talk about definitely but i think this is a good start man i'd love to have you back on at some point and do a part two part three or something um definitely talk some mma but i hope that people get your message of i'd say hope i don't want to say uh positivity because i think that 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 message got across real well right <laughs> yeah. obviously people will be positive um yeah but it's it's more than that it's it's deeper than that it is it is hope and yeah. i think hope can be different things for different people uh, mm-hmm. right and that's within yourself you got to come up with your own values and your own morals and your own desires and wants and what makes you you um but i think a lot of that starts with hope and uh i think hope is also the start of just making things better for yourself yeah. you know at, at the that's all you really can do again comes yeah. back to the self but it starts there i think we all need a little bit of hope man and yep you've definitely inspired that i hope that people get that you know i i get it from you because we're friends and i i i could sit and listen to your ideas all the time man i, I, I appreciate think that the that. way you come in with these little nuggets of knowledge i wrote like seven or eight of them down man i appreciate it's, that, it's yeah. free to love might be my favorite i think i might <laughs> name the title of the episode it's free to love because that was good but i hope other people take this as take that away as well man um and yeah and i i can i'm excited for what you got in store because i'm sure it's i'm sure it's good things man so glad we did this again yeah thank you appreciate you